Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Wednesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. So grateful to have you listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Do up on today's show. We'll have our birthdays in sports. We'll celebrate our newest player of the week. We're going to do an NCAA Super Conferences snake draft a little bit later in the program when Brooks Childress will join us as it's so much talk right now about conference realignment so if we were to build our own conferences what schools would we want to be a part of our conferences that'll come your way in the final hour in lieu of wacky wednesday today we're going to do a little snake draft of super conferences and uh, that should be a whole lot of fun your phone calls are welcome throughout the show at 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine a few days away now from heading to atlanta for sec media days myself tom pv ryan the boy brooks childress will be in attendance all week long from the eight and that will be bringing you excellent coverage and content for you to consume. Our big pals, Brad Daughtry, Cam Berry, and others holding down the fort for us here inside our studios. We're grateful for everything that this entire team does to keep us afloat and keep us on the air each and every day. My co-hosts today are Tom Peavy, Austin, or excuse me, Ryan Lavoy, and Van Cathcart. We had some big news today with Austin Scott in our sports call family who's got another exciting opportunity his way professionally. So we're going to be singing his praises over the next few days as he moves on to the next chapter in his professional career and uh, super excited to uh, for him and his family and then very grateful for what he's been able to do. But again, my co-hosts today, Tom, Ryan, and Van. Gentlemen, how are we? How are we feeling today? I, I'm doing great. A uh, little sore from Thunder Chicken's ball last night, but uh, I guess that's because I'm old and I just don't recover as quick. But uh, I woke up a little sore. Yeah. I'm there with you. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, doing good. Uh, Braves kind of crapped the bed today, it looked like. Huge series for the Braves with the Mets, and uh, they lose uh, two out of three. Well, we, we talked about it yesterday. It's our, our favorite sort of setup when we were on the air yesterday, Tom, because the show ends, and as Sports Call ends, it's a scenario in which the next time our microphones turn on, two games have happened. Right. Because we haven't had a show since Atlanta did have a very big win last night against the Mets. They won 4-1, to one, had a pair of two-run homers from Matt Olson and Adam Duvall, and then had a really early game today, 12-20 Eastern, 11-20 Central. And you're right, unfortunately, Atlanta dropped that one 7-3. Yeah, 
So, uh, yeah, that was a very important series for the Braves. You would have liked to have seen them at least get two out of three. When you get the Mets at home, uh, you're only trolling by a game and a half. And uh, and then, plus, there was a lot of uh, vitriol, I guess, between the two fan bases. And I guess uh, the Mets get the bragging rights there. But definitely not the end of the season. Braves still have plenty of time to uh, to take that lead over the Mets. And we'll just have to see. But it was not to be this go-round. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. Um I uh, we we gave it a good go last night with the Thunder Chickens. Um, we had some franchise first last night. We led after the first inning. I think <laughs> probably for the first time, at least this season. And we went the deepest into a game we ever have. We got to the bottom of the six. Unf- Again, so frustrated we couldn't. I mean, we didn't make any errors in that inning. Really, I you know I'm frustrated that we couldn't get through it and complete a game for the first time and guarantee a single digit loss and try to take these baby steps but i was telling the guys you know it was last year were similar scores obviously but the difference was they were in three or four innings and they were beating us 10 12 15 runs it's taking teams five and six innings this year to be able to beat us by the 10 runs required so i'm again that sounds like and this team is just trash yeah. but we are a little better better than last year so with an 0 and 6 um, record it's uh, it's tough to find the positives but right. there is no conversation whatsoever we are a better team yeah. in 2022 than 2021 and, and it's not even up for debate and, and being down 10 to 5 going into the next to last inning i mean at that point the results still in a little bit of doubt so you could not say that last year so uh enjoyed last night uh, did a lot of running and a little bit sore too you're not the only one tom but uh but uh yeah no i had a lot of fun last night um and excited to do this snake draft here in the uh five o'clock hour it's gonna be a lot of fun Van, how are you night. catch of the year last he, night he did have an boy. incredible catch, catch oh my year. gosh ridiculous <laughs> all effort lays the whole body out yeah. and comes up with another Beautiful. grab uh, our player of the week oh absolutely the i don't player know of the week. question for everybody because this is like the third time i've done this and I don't know what I do in the moment. Do I like barrel roll after it the is catch? A, it is, is that what I, that's happens? a very fair word, yeah, yeah. Okay. fair way to describe it. Okay. Yes, because sure. I'm just all out going for it, and I'm just doing whatever I need to hold on to the ball. Yeah, and I feel like if I took the time to like actually know what my body is doing. I would lose some focus on the ball, so I just dive and I just hold on to the ball while my momentum does whatever. It really it does look. So like I don't a know what roll. I do. Whatever, yeah. It's not. I mean, it's a great play. But it's not the most graceful looking play, <laughs> but you come up with the catch. But you get, you make sure. the catch. You get dirty. You know, it's not your whole body's the, involved. Yeah, you know, and it, it's an out. Oh, it's great. Whatever you're doing is working. Keep it, it up. Yeah. Don't ever change. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it, it can look ugly. I, I dove for one yesterday, and I know that was like the most ungraceful thing ever with my big butt rolling around in the dirt. <laughs> I missed so. that. When did you die for one? Uh, it was sec- I remember it. I looked over yeah. and I said, "Wow, Tom actually dove after that one." What? Yeah, second yeah. game. Uh, yeah, guy hit one. It you was- couldn't really pay attention because once the ball gets past, I was Tom, going to get the ball. You're yeah. going to get the ball yeah. in left field. So yeah, I laid I laid out for one. Got a little dirty. Huh? Didn't even know it. Uh, yeah. I'm good. I'm sore. My yeah. shoulder is shot. I don't know what I got going on, but my arm feels dead out there. But thankfully, I just had to catch it. But I'm excited to be here. Third time in the uh, on the show. Yeah. I just realized I only have like two and a half weeks left with you it's guys. flying by, isn't so it? That kind of sucks, but it's been fun. Uh, we did a lot better yesterday. Like Ryan said, we're competing a lot more. It feels a lot better. We're definitely 
steps ahead of where we were last year. So it's exciting. We're de- we're competing a lot more. It feels better. I was so tired after that second game because yeah. we actually played seven innings. Right. We were supposed to play. It's, <laughs> it's very different than playing the usual three and, that we get. So. And they hit like four straight perfect line drives to the, to, to the outfield in, mm-hmm. in that last inning. And by the fourth one, I was just hands on knees just looking down the ground. <laughs> I told JJ, I said the last ball that was hit, I was like – 20 steps in of what I would have normally been. Like, yeah. I was closer to the infield than to the yeah. outfield wall because I didn't reposition. I just stood there. I was like, yeah, if they do this one more time, I don't know <laughs> I can move. <laughs> but and, te- technically, I guess the last ball that got hit at that second game took our shortstop out. Yeah, that was the last play of the game. That's what, Another yeah. injury. Daniel, Daniel Richardson. I just uh, wanted to get work. We had a couple of guys – uh, go out Pulled yesterday for Wilson uh, with, with Wilson huh. uh, having to walk away and not compete in the second game yeah. for us. So, um, got to get some injury reports Don't and status updates on those trained quad. If you're, if you're able to get some money for next week extra, since we're a couple of us can be out for media days, don't tell them that all the new guys this year have gotten hurt. Because <laughs> everyone that's new has gotten hurt that's to true, varying yeah. degrees. Yeah, so yeah, Brock, Brock leaves uh, with a torn ACL. We get the head laceration last night with a ball hit to shortstop yeah. that hops up and Such catches a guy right in the right in the head. Bounce. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, it just hops up and catches him right above the eye and, and busts him open. So he had to go and get stitched up last night. And then of course uh, uh, we had the pulled Wilson. quad or Wilson uh, strained uh, strained a quad Something. running to first base. So. I looked over and it it uh, I was like, yep, that crampish to me. I mean, it just. Ooh, there was a knot yep. uh, after running down that line. But I, I had to run for him, and then as soon as I got to third, I had to sprint back to the dugout because I was on deck. And then as soon as I got back to the dugout, I had to put my back and go on, go hit. <laughs> yeah. I was pooped. <laughs> I was pooped. Oh, man. What an eventful uh, evening it was for us. Unfortunately, again, it, it results in a couple of losses for the Thunder Chickens, but we will not be dismayed. We will not be defeated. We uh, Look, here's one thing. Yesterday, during the show... Everybody on the team wanted to text us to say, are we even going to play? Because it looked like at moments that it could rain. You know, So we got to play. It was, it, there were too many times last year that we had all these rainouts. Yeah. Oh, and we've yeah. had one already. Uh, last year we benefited at SEC Media Days because it did end up raining out and we didn't have to worry about the team. And we'll see what it looks like going into next week, of course. But we got to play last night. That's awesome. Uh-huh. That's yeah, awesome. we're three out of four playing so far. Uh, only missed one week, and I think last last year I think we had about five rainouts. <laughs> so you're only supposed to play six regular season weeks, and then have a uh, have a playoff week because you get it all done in one night. And uh, we had five rainouts, so almost as many rainouts as scheduled weeks. So we're doing a lot better so far this year. With that being said, I selfishly, I wouldn't mind a rain out next Tuesday. I wouldn't mind it uh, either. Um, and I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I mean, the guys, I think the full, I think you'd have 10 if you don't add anyone. We would have enough. I, think you, yes. I mean, you definitely would have enough We to would play. have enough. Um, you would be without starting pitcher. And our backup pitcher. <laughs> and the. Well, Brand will be Brand there. Brand will be, Brand will be yeah. there. Uh, starting center fielder out. Um. Brooks in the lineup usually out, and Tom, who's been raking, red hot. Oh, he's yeah. actually hitting six hundred on the year now. I don't know if you Let's know go that. Tom. Um, right. 
And so that's a decent amount. I won't lie. It is a decent amount. Yeah. Noah would be back, and he's a great player. Um, you know, Wilson hopefully would be healthy and can make it through. We'll have to see what Daniel's doing with his stitches as right. far as getting them out. So, oh, yeah, he said that's going to be Tuesday yeah. next week. So, yeah, let's pray for rain next week when it comes here. Why not? Let's, let's hope that that Come happens. On, bring it bring it to us. I'm going to tell I'm going to go over some stats for we're here. We're starting this yeah, off yeah. with some thunder chicken. Why do we get them sent, I'm, but I didn't see We'll do the serious stuff later. Yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go over some stats here for folks um, on uh, on our program today. Ryan, again, what player up? of the week. Big Thank performance you. for you last night, man. Yeah, um I'm glad to um be getting it going at the plate. I wasn't horrible the first two weeks. I think I was three of eight total, but um, I know that as someone that played in high school base or played in high school, um, I don't want to be hitting. I again, three hundred sounds like um, well, that's not that bad. But in softball, slow pitch, you want to be hitting close to 500. Yeah, we so, five hundred. Yeah, So. I was hitting in three hundreds. It was okay. wasn't great. Um, so I going three for five last night with a with a walk, um, or with two walks maybe actually. Um, felt good about that, and then staying busy in the outfield. Um, I panicked once, and there was a ball that was. I kind of like. I don't know. I, maybe I just blinked. Like I just felt like I lost it for like a half second, and I'm like, am I in the right space? And uh, Van was saying back, so I took another step back, and then I kind of located and uh, and kind of found it. But um, it's a good time out in the outfield. It is a lot of running, which I'm actually good with because I need a lot of running. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I had a lot of fun last night, and personally, I was felt better about the way I played because even uh, one of the outs I made was a line drive just right at somebody, so I felt like I swung the bat well overall and. You know we're we're swinging well. We had a lot of base runners last night. Like we we left the bases loaded a couple of times, and and that was after having scored a run or two we in that inning. Four one inning that first game, right? The second inning we scored four runs. Yeah, because we got way down. I think it was seven nothing. Yeah, they scored a bunch in that uh, very first inning. It was like inning. seven or eight or something like that. It took and us the, a while to get the first that's out. Pro- that's probably about the most we've scored in an inning in the two years that we've been playing. Like that I've been playing. Uh huh. And and so. But we just we've got to do it in multiple innings because I feel yeah, like we we got to keep it going. We just we can't. We only have two or three people tops that can have the powerful hit. Mm-hmm. That and that's our problem. You can have the powerful hit. I'm speak. I'm talking to Van for those. This is radio. Um, Van can have the powerful hit. I, I think Noah can have a powerful hit too. He had a couple deep to the outfield that were extra bases. I kind of can have the powerful hit. I can't homer, but I you have turned had, on one yesterday. I've had two extra hard. base yeah. hits, uh, and you know, interesting enough, that one was definitely off the end of the bat. Really? I did not get that, so I'm starting to like wonder if maybe I can get it to the fence. But I'm not going to try to do that. It's not my game. But um, we just don't like. You're a line drive hitter, Tom, yeah. and you're hitting 600. I, but I'm, I and I want you to keep doing yeah. that. Um, yeah, I don't swing for the fence. Tom's I, the, the single king. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I look, I look for, I look for, I put it where they're not. Yeah, uh, yeah right. I'm, I'm going to put it in play and try to, which is smart. Place it where I, I'm a place hitter. I, I'm going to hit it into a gap right. somewhere where they're not. Um, and then the one, you know, I had one 
uh, one that I, I was out uh, yesterday. I, I tried to hit one down the line, and I absolutely smoked one at third base, and the dude jumped and caught right. it. Yeah. If I had just been a little bit higher, I was putting it right down the line, and I think we had two on. I uh, probably would have scored two runs if I had gotten that one down, but yeah, just not quite so, enough. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. I'm not gonna be swinging for the fences. I'm, I'm putting it in the gap somewhere. Yeah. Basically, just my point is, is like Tom's a really good hitter. I've been hitting it better. Um, you know, JJ's hit pretty well. JJ has hit well, but most of these guys, you know, JJ is great hitting it to the opposite field, but it's not going to be over someone's head. It's right. going to be a single or maybe a double. Never in a million um, years would it be. <laughs> Never in a million um, years. And so we, we just, just find a little bit of grass to we, place it. We just lack more than like one or two guys that can have that big powerful. That's what. That's why Brock was going to be so hit. big yes. for us. Brock, yeah. I mean, Brock was going to be our it factor coming up behind me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get on base if I have anything to say about it. I'm going to pull it to left field every <laughs> single time I hit uh-huh. the ball. But Brock was supposed to be that guy that, you know, he and I that could tag team that lineup and score generate a lot of runs. Yeah. 600 batting average for you, 625 on base percentage for Mr. Van Cathcart. He was look, so mad when he walked last night. So like, mad. I hate, mad. I hate <laughs> him. I'm like, but it helps the team. It and does, he's like, I I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad that's not what I'm there for. I'm not supposed to be standing there's on first. No other, I don't know that there's another slow pitch adult softball team that's getting the coverage. Or not the coverage. That's one thing. The stats, and I mean, we're just so over the top and oh, extra yeah. with this, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely beautiful. Fun. Like, Tom, I could tell you that you have the 600 batting average, right? And that you've got a 667 on base percentage, and that Tom has the second most hits, tied for the second most. You and Ryan both have six hits, that Van has nine on the Noah Gardner has an 800 batting James average for five. us, playing in two games for us. So Need him to be available. Um, yeah, yeah need, really, need him around. Need him Noah around showed for up, sure. would be solid a lot more. No doubt about that. I mean, look, we're uh, we're doing some things with the Thunder Chickens. Yeah, some guys need to get improving. it going for us. It's definitely been fun. Brooks. Um, Brooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> he knows. Uh, he's a great. He's been a great sport about it. Uh, he drew a couple walks last he night. Is. I just need him to get on base. I'm fine with that. Yeah, if he's on base, he's fine. It's, he it's a lot of fun. Like Ryan was saying earlier, the outfield's so much fun because we're coaching each other out there yeah like, you, if there's a ball hit to the outfield you hear three of us yell back or in or yeah. something like that which so, which does help because great there's a couple times i've been just completely captain obvious with van he's just like standing right there and it's like yeah you're good right there <laughs> and, you know and like there was one that was um a home run that's just like obviously you need to go back we're both saying back way it doesn't back. matter it's a home way run. back um, but um no, it, it, it can help at times for sure. And like the one the one that was a diving catch, I full disclosure, like when it came off the bat, I was a I knew it was in front of me, but I didn't know how much it was in front of me. Like I just I knew it was gonna be shallow, but Van saying way in helped me to go ahead and full sprint, sprint. like no doubt. Yep. Go go sprint. And you know, when you make a diving catch, you don't have much room for error there. So honestly, like saying that is might have been the difference in me catching that and not getting to it. Because again, like I said, I could tell it wasn't back. I could tell it was gonna be in, but at first I was like, maybe it's just a few steps in and you were like, no, way in. And so I start sprinting way in. I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I didn't think there was a chance Ever that you were going to catch that ball? <laughs> he he was on his horse. He was yeah. moving. Well, well, but see, I didn't see. I saw when I saw the ball come off the bat. I knew it was going to be shallow, and I just got over to third base because we had guys running, and so I'm getting a third. So I've got my back to it, 
And as I turned around, I see Ryan rolling on the ground with the ball. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he caught it. I, I didn't think there was a chance. And then, of course, we were able to make a double play out of it because the guy that I had at third base took off too early. I became early. a groundhog, and I just, like, went underground and, like, just <laughs> transported to where I needed to get and just rolled and made the catch. <laughs> So, but we ended up with a double play. Your catch uh, started a double play because right. the guy at third left too early. So mm-hmm. I called for the ball over there at third, touched the bag, and got him sure out. So and I feel like that happened a lot in the second game too. And we threw it to second a few times, and they never gave us the call. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure right. these guys were leaving very early. I nearly got my head taken off twice. Twice. Yeah, you got a shotgun twice, yeah. Uh, caught both and of them. caught both of them, yeah. which was which was pretty great. I always feel when you you got pitchers, they got to defend their, their position, up, feel their position well, as well. I remember the first game we played this year. The the guy, the rest of the team really was not good fielding, but the one guy that could field was the pitcher, the pitcher. and uh-huh. we hit it to him five or six. <laughs> times. It was the pitcher in the third base, uh-huh. and they were vacuum cleaning yes. anything that was coming to them. They're sucking it up, and everyone else could drop a pop up. Yeah. Like like I felt like our defense could have been just as good, if not better than theirs. But like it was those two guys uh-huh. and. We obliged and just right back to him, right, right back to him. We need to take a, uh, a quick pause in this Thunder Chickens conversation. Uh-huh. We'll be back at some point, I'm sure. But I cannot get out of here uh, without showing some love to what I felt mm-hmm. was one of the, the real MVPs from last night. An epic performance at the City of Auburn softball complex for Tom's girlfriend. <laughs> that was you want to give folks a play-by-play tom and then because the, i every like everybody on both teams oh, were great. just laughing and having a good time i look uh, back at sec, the dudes running at second base like l- laughing almost falling over totally i think tom, i took a knee in the outfield i, I think tom <laughs> you were both laughing and then sim like just Shaking your head like, what the hell? I mean, let's uh, tell the story for folks. I, I assume you're talking about the foul ball. Yes. Yeah. So, ball got fouled out of play, and Michelle goes and gets the ball and tries to throw it to the fence and hits the fence, has to go chase it down again, comes back, throws it, hits the fence again. <laughs> oh, well, man. It, she she needed to be like three feet over because she yeah. kept hitting the high. Right. She was clearing the low fence, but the high fence, right. it, she kept hitting it off the side of the, the, the thing, top. Well, the thing is, and it wasn't even hitting like the chain link fence. It would hit the, the metal pipe. Oh, right. the, the pipe she of the fence. She was trying to throw it over the tallest part of the right. fence yeah. the whole time. And so you, she would throw it and just go, ding, and, <laughs> and there would go the ball flying backwards. And she'd come back, throw it again, ding, there goes the ball. Oh, yeah, we were just dying laughing. I was like, I was laughing, but I was also kind of embarrassed. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, come on. I would, my reaction was the Scott Van Pelt, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. What a fun night it was at the ballpark. And hopefully we've got some wins coming our way over the next few weeks. What we've got coming up here on Sports Call, my buddy James from Montgomery. James has called into the program, and we'll chat with him after this timeout on Sports Call. Follow us on Twitters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
right, welcome back into the program. You're listening to the Ambi Award-winning sports talk show in the state of Alabama. We call ourselves Sports Call Auburn. Heard locally, once again, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, or on the Tiger Communications app. If you would like to listen to our show on the go, wherever you go, live, the best way to do that is to download the Tiger Communications app. There is a very obvious listen live button that you can press, and you're hearing us wherever you go. We've got some folks that regularly call into our program from the likes of Mobile, or earlier this week, we got a new buddy from Panama City Beach, However you're listening to us, the app included, we certainly do appreciate it. Looking forward to broadcasting live from SEC Media Days next week in Atlanta. What we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time during today's show. As all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line, Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Joining us on the show now is None other than James from Montgomery. James from Montgomery has called into the program. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I am so excited for SEC Media Days. I'm actually counting the day down to SEC Media Days and seeing what Brian Hartson is actually going to be saying about the Auburn football Tigers as well. How many more days do we have left to go, James? I have lost count. (laughs) (laughs) You're counting them down, but you've lost count. Yes, I always love SEC Media Days. I'm always looking forward to hearing what Brian Hartson actually has to say and uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, seeing if we're going to win a couple of games. But I think Auburn is going to win pretty much all of the games as uh, as the season uh, comes around the corner as well. Yeah, I'll help you with the count. We're five days away from SEC Media Days. We are eight days away from Brian Harson speaking uh, at the league's preseason kickoff event. All right, so you think Auburn's going to win a lot of football games this season. What gives you the confidence in saying that? Well, because I'm actually looking at um, what – that uh, Calzada is actually going to do this season. And I've looked at a lot of different uh, videos that he's had on Twitter, and he's looking really, really good, you know, during the off season for the college uh, football season that's going to be uh, approaching for Auburn as well. So he looks like a really good uh, starter for Auburn this year. Yeah, they're going to need good quarterback play, that's for certain. Yes, that's well because I mean Zach Calzada, he reminds me of like Russell Wilson. So he has he has like a a sharp eye to actually throw down, you know, like throw it like sixty, seventy yards down the field and, and I think when we play week one against Mercer, I think we would have Mercer numbered by by the end of the fourth quarter as well. Yeah, I think Auburn's going to have no problems with uh, with Mercer to start the year, but obviously you've got to play all those games, and it's important to establish a, a little bit of an offensive identity to figure out who that quarterback's going to be. But I like that. Okay, so you see a little bit of Russell Wilson and Zach Calzada. That's the quarterback who you compare him to. Yes, that's well, because I, I mean – when he when he actually played at Texas A and M, he he really had a a, a strong um, a strong quarterback uh, built to him when he played at Texas A and M. But now he's playing on the good on the good side versus good versus good than evil. So I think he will be playing on the evil side as well 
when we actually play against that Calzada's old team in Texas A&M as well. So he's going to be playing um, on a different um, note with Auburn as well. You think he'll be playing some inspired football? Yes, he is. He's actually going to be playing some historic football for Auburn, and I'll probably see uh, great things coming out of him this year and maybe uh, three years or four years down the line as well. I can't wait to see what his career looks like wearing that Auburn uniform. Tell me something else that's on your mind today. Well, I'm actually going to be getting ready for tomorrow to see the British Open. I'm actually going to be watching that as well and seeing if Tiger Woods is going to be playing tomorrow morning, so I'm hoping that he would uh, be ready to play um, round one of um, of the oldest sports in in all of golf. So I'm going to be watching that as well. And uh, while I watch that, I'm actually going to be uh, making my own uh, lemonade. I'm actually going to be make. I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'm going to be mixing tea with lemonade for this uh, historic event tomorrow as well. And I'm just going to be sitting back and watching great history being made. Do you know what they call that drink? Do you know what they call uh, uh, when you mix tea with lemonade? Do you know what that's called? Yes, that is. Uh, let me see what it is called. That is. The Arnold Palmer. That's right. The Arnold Palmer. A really yeah. good drink of choice. Yes, it's one of the one of the best drinks to ever drink. And then uh, Arnold Palmer is one of the great golfers of of, um, of golf, and he's um, he's a legend. So I hope uh, things might turn out for some of these other golfers and actually try to you know make a signature drink named after them as well or maybe if they start drinking the Arnold Palmer then maybe they'll be playing good golf out there James maybe that's the secret sauce yes as well so it's um it's pretty amazing as well all right well uh, anything else on your mind today well I'm actually uh gonna be looking at uh next week I'm actually gonna be looking at the home run derby on Monday and um, seeing some great guys, you know, seeing some from Atlanta, uh, the Texas Rangers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Los Angeles um, uh, Angels, um, the, you know, different teams that that I've actually picked. And I'm actually going to be, you know, seeing if they're actually going to hit some home runs as well. Yeah. I mean, look, it won't have every single player there, but a couple have already been confirmed, including uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. for the Braves. We're seeing Julio Rodriguez with the Seattle Mariners just made an announcement. And then Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso for the New York Mets. He's won back-to-back home run derby championships, and he's going for three straight. He's going for the three-peat. Yes, as well, because I did see um, Pete Lozano in that uh, lineup, and I actually picked him to actually play in the home run derby as well. You think he can win three in a row? Um, I think he might. I think he might win three in a row. I I have a really good confidence in him as well, and uh, seeing what they're really going to be doing for the um, uh, home run derby as well. I think so, too. I think so, too. You been up to anything on Twitter lately, James? Um, Not lately because I haven't had any uh, sports coming in lately. 
but um, I'm just trying to, you know, see how things are with my uh, Texas uh, Southern League, uh, the um, G League. So um, we're not really doing anything right now. So I'm just trying to see how we're going to how, – how the season is going to start in uh, 2022. So I'm actually – Looking at um, some different um, some different things that we had over the week with the Dallas Mavericks and seeing how we're gonna how we're gonna make certain changes as well. Yeah, James, you've got so many things that you keep up with. It's really impressive. It's it's uh, kind of difficult to keep up with all the sports that are out there, and you're able to jump all over the place with so many different sports that you enjoy following and that sort of thing. It's really impressive. Yes, that's well because I mean I'm on I'm always on Twitter. It, it feels like I'm it feels like I'm like the I guess you can say that I'm like the sports uh, business guy of the of the um, Twitter feed as well. Oh, sports business! So you like TV contracts and uh, that sort of thing, and how much players are making and and, and those business numbers. Yes, as well, because I do see in my near future, I might probably add myself into probably being like a sports broadcaster for uh, the NFL Network as well. You could see yourself doing that? Yes, as well. You know, maybe doing like an early, like an early, uh, like an early time, uh, early time slot, probably like around 7 a.m., 8 o'clock. With like some of the some of the guys on uh, Good Morning Football yeah, as well. Yeah, that, that's their show they do in the morning. So you want to be on Good Morning Football? Yeah, and actually, you know, getting getting to know a lot of uh, different uh, players that are going to be coming into the league, and maybe um, you know, if we do have like special guests that are like a free agent and they want to play with that team, I can actually you know talk to them and they can like you know. Tell me what they really want for that team as well. Man, that that would be really inspiring. That'd be really inspiring if you were able to do that. Yes, that's well because I mean I do love sports and it's been with me ever since I was a little kid. I've been watching ESPN for um, thirty-four years, and I've seen so many great uh, sports analysts over the years for that long as well. Who's your agent? Oh, I'm. I don't. Um, I don't have one right now, so I'm my own agent as well. That's the best way to operate. That's the best way to do this. You ready for the NASCAR race at New Hampshire? Oh yes, I am ready for it. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be one of the greatest races I'm actually going to be seeing this weekend. It's going to be awesome. I am loving the NASCAR schedule for this weekend because I know they'll be racing from New Hampshire and it's going to be amazing history being made up there in uh, New Hampshire as well. Yeah, that's in the northeast part of the United States and and clearly it's been competitive races at New Hampshire in the past. Eric Almarola won the event last year. Yes, uh, uh, yes, he actually did win it last year, so I think I am going to actually put him in my NASCAR fantasy lineup this year and see if he's going to win it again uh, this year as well. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us today, James? Well, actually, I do have uh, a, a one final thought. I know that y'all are going to be going to Atlanta to the College uh, Hall of Fame in Atlanta, so it's uh, very amazing. 
Um, I wish I was there with you all on uh, Media Row, and um, maybe in my near future, I would love to be um, with you all in Atlanta and uh, getting to talk to some of the great coaches and uh, players as well. Well, if you become a sports broadcaster, you might be able to do just that. Yes, that's awesome. I'm just going to see how how high I'll um, reach for the stars as well. Keep reaching for the stars, man. Keep shooting your shot like you always do, and, and good things might happen, all right? All right, sounds good, and I'll talk to you all on tomorrow. Can't wait. We'll talk to you then. War Eagle. All right, War Eagle. That's James from Montgomery, and he's joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take our next commercial break. We wrap up hour number one of Sports Call right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. And welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson from inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Van Cathcart. We appreciate uh, James a moment ago for calling in. If you want to call in and be a part of our show, it's really simple to do that. 334-887-3401. Your phone numbers. You can talk about anything that you want to in the wide world of sports. We're happy to entertain all of those conversations. On yesterday's show, really good chats on our program. We had our good buddy Chuck Cole Pepper of the Washington Post. He was with us. Enjoyed catching up with him. We talked a little bit about Wimbledon and then also able to talk about the Open Championship that's starting. And then Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn, stopped by uh, to talk all things Auburn athletics, what to expect from the Tigers at Media Days next week, and more. In July, we've got a lot of major sporting events happening, including the Open Championship that gets underway tomorrow, uh, which is something that a lot of us are going to have our eyes on. I've always enjoyed kind of looking at the old course. I think it's beautiful. It's it's kind of crazy. And, and they're going to be playing a big-time event there in Scotland starting tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's um, – I think it's the most historic course in golf. I, I think that obviously everyone in America – uh, knows Augusta National and and values the Masters and and would say it's the biggest major and I think overall it is the most coveted major to win. However, uh, the most historic major is still probably the Open Championship and it's because of places like St Andrews. Remember, golf was literally invented over the UK. I mean, golf was not invented here, and so links golf is the original form of golf and. St. Andrews, having hosted this tournament so many times and being one of the oldest courses um, out there, it, there's just so much history there. And you could tell, I mean, we talked to Chuck Culpepper yesterday, Tiger Woods skipped the U.S. Open to make sure he was healthy enough to play this, to play in St. Andrews, to play the Open Championship this year. So this course... Um, has the most history of of anything in, in the sport of golf and um, you know links golf is something that we're not as familiar with over here there are certainly courses that 
are Lynx style or at least have a Lynx element to it, but True Lynx Golf employs rolling fairways that have incredibly high undulations that it's hard to get an even lie anywhere in the fairway. Uh, they employ courses with little to no trees, with bunkers that are huge, um, not particularly in scale, but in depth. And where if you hit some of these fairway bunkers, you cannot advance it more than 50 yards. You have to hit it straight up and out. And so all the some of the elements that matter so much here in, the, in America with water and with huge bunkers or uh, with with very thick rough, they don't they're not really the main caveats over there. And the wind is so important because when you take all the trees down, any significant wind will be felt all the way around the course. And you see all these guys play these really low to the ground shots. Uh, stingers, as you would see off the club of Tiger Woods. Because if you get that ball in the air with no trees to block a 20-mile-per-hour wind, it's gone. It's 20 yards. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's very significant. And, and so Lynx golf, that, that was the original purest form of golf. And so that's why it's just so special to these players and why this course in particular being the the chief among them in, tor- in terms of history – um, is such a big deal. And we're grateful for, for every guest that joins our show. Uh, but what's so, what was so special about yesterday, Yeah, this show's been on the air for now 26, 27 years. 26 or 27 years of a sports talk show being on the air, established in 1995, uh, a month or so shy of our 27th birthday of the program. And for the first time ever, we set a record yesterday on Sports Call with our longest phone call that we've ever had for a conversation. Chuck Culpepper, a senior columnist and writer for the Washington Post, was in Scotland and he took a phone call to be on our show for live coverage nice. of the event, which, uh, again, Chuck's been on the show several times and uh, just speaks to uh, how awesome he is. A couple of our buddies, uh, J.G. Tate, Brian Stoltz, very complimentary of, uh, of Chuck Culpepper. Uh, and the conversation we were able to have with him. And then Tiger Woods is back. I mean, Tiger Woods is the biggest name in the sport. He's 46 years old, and this is a major. So he's showing up, and he's going to give it a full go. He's going to try to do what it takes to win. It's amazing. I I mean, you think about a tournament like this, people are going to watch it because Tiger's there. It's at St. Andrews. This is the Open. Like, you think about people who have won the Open in the past. It's just a historical. It's so I watch probably two golf tournaments a year. And it's when they play St. Andrews, and it's when they play Augusta. Like, because yeah. that's just the best time to watch golf. It's so historical. It's so much fun. I love it. Do you enjoy playing golf? I love golf. I'm yeah. terrible, but I love it. I'm a baseball player, so I have a terrible slice. But <laughs> yeah. when I fix the slice, I will hit the ball 350 yards down the fairway. And you feel pretty good about that. It's just, can we fix the slice? It's just one out of every five hits with the drivers. Yeah, where we're supposed to. I'm known for a good, you know. 15 yard hit. Yeah, it's a good topper. The opposite direction. Oh, yeah. yeah. A good toppers. A, a good, good rounder. Yeah. Ground balls are Worm amazing. Burner. And yeah, I got to just, you know, reinvent everything when it I comes like to the sport. I like him to play a par three course. It gives him a chance. Yeah. Anything else? What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll stick to putt, he can putt, putt a little golf. bit. He can putt a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I'm surprised too because people that play a lot of putt putt, they're actually pretty decent 
at putting these greens and you wouldn't think that because it's still a pretty different concept because there is legitimate break and a lot of times on the mini golf course you, you you'll have obstacles but you won't really have slopes or if, if you do is, you can see it a yeah, lot of it's, times it's way up in the air like um but like jj's speed usually is pretty darn good usually on the well, i appreciate that yeah. man yeah Thanks no, for I, that. I needed a win yeah. Every other part of it is absolutely terrible. It is. Like a, a negative on a 10-point scale. <laughs> but maybe on a 10-point scale uh-huh. when it comes to putting the golf ball, maybe I can register a two or three. I'll give you a five or you six. You know, that, that's yeah. where I like to be. I'll give you a five. That, oh, my gosh. Give you a five. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I also, it's coming that, from someone because I – like, that's the part of my game that is the worst. That's what's prevented me from shooting in the 70s is putting because I'll hit – nine or ten fairways out of 14 hit it about 270 and then i can dial in irons and hit some greens and regulations and give myself 20 and 30 foot birdie putts and then it's you know even with the 30 foot birdie putt that could end up being a bogey because i i will three putt some and um i just don't make anything outside of 10 feet even if i do have a lot of two putts like i just don't make any putts if i can if i can put a full swing on a club I have a chance. It's when I have to start taking half swings and quarter swings, and it just falls apart. It's falls a lot apart. of thinking. <laughs> yeah, any, and it's if I'm not for within me. thirty yards of the green, I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. No idea. No clue. <laughs> no, no, no clue. <laughs> Let's hope this works, but yeah. no clue what we're getting into. We got to get back out on the course sometime soon. Been able to say I've played golf with Tom Peavy once in my life. Mm-hmm. That's pretty exciting. There you go. You know, not everybody could say they've played around with Tom Peavy. I can. <laughs> I could say that. No, I, I guess my I guess the down part of my game is around the green. Like I'm okay putting. I'm definitely okay tee fairway. If I'm trying to chip, I, that's I usually I struggle there a little bit. Always a blast. Trying to, though, trying to, to get it up and down. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, we've got more to come. We're going to hear from Tiger Woods himself a little bit later in the program. And, uh, yeah, this is a fun edition. It is a Wednesday edition of Sports Call alongside my pal Van Karth, Cathcart, Tom Peavy, and Ryan LaVoy. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. 
Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson from inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Ryan Lavoy, and Van Cathcart. Uh, we finished one hour of the program. Still got two left to go, and we're going to make them awesome. Uh, Brooks Childress will join us a little bit later in the show. We've got a fun Super Conferences draft that's going to take place in the spirit of conference realignment. Let's have some fun. Because here's the other thing in all of this is next week when SEC Media Days gets underway, also all the other conferences are having their Media Days next week. And as soon as a commissioner opens their mouth and says, hey, we're done with all of this, quit your storylines and talking, we wouldn't be able to do this. Because as soon as a commissioner speaks and says, we're happy, we're content right now in a public setting, on public record, then you can't have as much fun with these games. So it's now or never. And in lieu of Wacky Wednesday, that's what we're going to do a little bit later today, which should be fun. Well, we can get wacky with it. We can get. You're right. We can get wacky with it. This yeah, will, take Vanny with the first pick. Yeah, do <laughs> it. Do it. Do it. Um, yeah, you're right on that. However... We always know that they're going to um, – they're not going to tell us if they're negotiating with, with other schools. And I, it also – it only takes one conference to mess this up because we talked about the reporting last week that seems to indicate the SEC is content at 16. They, they don't want to see college football just fall completely apart and it turn into two or three conferences. Um, but what does the Big Ten think? You know, is, will the Big Ten want – the Pac-12's rest of their schools. Does the Big 12, who almost died last year, yeah. do they want to take the Pac-12 schools and try and convince them over? You know, and and so it's it's up to these other conferences to not continue this emotion. It seems the SEC is content, and they should be, by the way, because this notion that the Big Ten, I don't like this notion. I'm going to open a can of worms here. I don't like this notion that the Big Ten performed an equal move to what the SEC is getting in Texas, Oklahoma. USC and UCLA don't equal in the scope of college football Texas and Oklahoma. USC does, but UCLA falls short of that bar. And the only reason people are trying to tout it as equal is because of the L.A. market. Well, the thing about the L.A. market is they don't give a crap about college compared to their professional sports. Now, there's a lot of people there, so it's not devoid of anyone watching. And, of course, people watch it. But have, can you point to me like this great USC turnout over the last few years? Look at their games. They get abysmal crowds. They do not fill up. Their Coliseum. Yeah. They don't do it. To my knowledge, UCLA does not fill up the Rose Bowl every week. They don't. So there's not the interest there that people want to drum up and say that there is. Now, if they get good again, of course people will flock back. So maybe it's just buying stock in the future. But to assume if USC continues to be 9-3, and 8-4 and four every year and UCLA can uh, continue to struggle even to make a bowl game, to think that having that L.A. market is some big coup is not true. And, and so the reality is Texas and Oklahoma are two of the top six or seven historic programs in all of college football. 
and only USC can say the same. UCLA is not in that conversation at all. They're not close. So in order for that to matter is you're going to have to find a way to actually captivate the L.A. market again because right now they have a Super Bowl-winning Rams team that they care way more about. They have the Los Angeles Lakers who will always be cared about because they're one of the two great franchises in the history of the NBA, them and the Boston Celtics. Um, people care way more. And, and again, this, this is just to show you, I think people in L.A. care more about the damn Clippers, to be <laughs> honest with you, because there's this whole discourse the last few years since Steve Ballmer took the team about, oh, it's actually a Clippers town. Well, it's not, you you idiots. But there's enough people out there trying to, trying to say it is, trying to argue that it is. The bottom line is professional sports are king in Los Angeles, and, and that's kind of true everywhere. You know, like name, name me the big city that they care more about the college sports than the professional sports. Name me the big city. They're big cities because they have big teams, and those big teams are professional organizations. So, uh, you know, the L.A. market is great in theory, but how much of it can you actually win over? To do that, you have to have a great programs. Sure. And USC certainly has that potential but they've not realized it since Pete Carroll has been there. And as far as UCLA is concerned, I can't think of a time in my lifetime where they've realized their potential or actually captivated the market of Los Angeles. So, again, like that's why the SEC should, I mean, is perfectly fine at 16 because I think they even pulled a little further ahead of the Big Ten in this round. So does the Big Ten realize that? and try and go add more teams, try and pull Oregon away. That would be a quality get. Or does the Big Ten think, oh, well, we got the Los Angeles market. We're good now, which I hope they do because, again, to my what I was saying last week, I don't want there to be just like three conferences. That's not my preferred outcome in all this. But the reality is that these two moves, they're great moves, and they still definitely get both conferences better but the SEC still, still, SEC still comes out on top here. And that's why I said next week is so big, because for all of these conferences, when you put on an event like Media Days, like they all will do, your commissioner has to speak. You can't run away from this. Right. There has not been public comment. So we're having great banter about speculation and topics, but if all five of these commissioners say publicly, we're done with this, stop, then for now... We're done with this. We hope so. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And they're it's not they talking right too. now. It's, mm-hmm. They're not talking right now. This is all speculation and, and what's been reported and that sort of thing. And so the moment, at least that's what we get next week is, okay, they can leave you confused or they could publicly say, I don't know. Well, right. at least you know with certainty that they're publicly on record saying, I don't know what we're going to do next. Right now, everything we're doing is speculation. That's why it's so big to get to next week. Because guess what, commissioners? You got to take to the microphone and you got to answer questions. 
It's part of the job, and that's uh, that's what Media Days will do. Uh, we got a lot of things to discuss. We'll get to more on that uh, later in the show and have some fun jumping around a, a lot of different topics. Again, the Braves lost uh, today against the Mets 7-3. They'll lead back to 2.5. Atlanta now travels to the nation's capital. They will play the Nationals for a four-game series getting started tomorrow. And then also starting tomorrow is the Open Championship from St. Andrews, the old course in Scotland. It's a big event. It's a major championship. It's the 150th year. As Chuck Culpepper of the Washington Post detailed on our show yesterday, you see that 150 logo Everywhere you go, when you're watching on television this weekend, you're going to know it's the 150th year that they've done this. As Ryan talked about in the first hour of our show, it's where you think about golf starting. It's it's where the origins come from, and uh, we're going to get to see a lot of that. Speaking of a game that so many people love, that is so popular, that so many people play and do their 70s and 80s in life it's a sport you can play for a very very long time a uh, a titan in the sport is tiger woods and a big topic in the sport right now is what is the future of golf look like we've got the live tour the liv tour uh, that's been upstart and has gotten a good number of, of big names joining it and tiger woods for the first time had to address it here's what he had to say in scotland yesterday as far as the second part of uh, your question about the the players who have chosen to go to live and and to play on um, to play there, I I disagree with it. Um, I think that uh, what they've done is they've, they've turned our, their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. Um, some players have never got a chance to even experience it. Uh, they've they've gone right from the amateur ranks right into you know that organization um, and never really get a chance to to play out here and, and what it feels like to play a tour schedule or, or to um, play in some big events and you know who knows what what's going to happen in the near future with world ranking points um, the criteria for entering major championships um the 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 governing body's gonna have to figure that out and i some of these players may may not ever get a chance to play major championships and that is a possibility uh we don't know that for sure yet it's up to the all the major championship bodies to make that determination but that is a possibility that um some players will never ever get a chance to play in a major championship never get a chance to experience this right here um Walked out in the fairways at Augusta National. I mean, uh, that that to me, I, I just don't. I, I just to me, I just don't understand it. That's Tiger Woods on the mic there in Scotland ahead of the Open Championship. Yeah, I mean, he obviously um, not a fan of the LIV Tour, and that's how really most of the PGA Tour guys have approached it. And talking about the integrity of the game um, and, and maybe the lack of integrity and in where the funds are coming from uh, from Saudi Arabia and and, uh, and just kind of how everything with how the LIV tour came to be. I, I don't know if we have another clip of it, but what we were what I, I found most uh, noteworthy and to agree the most with what Tiger said is he, he went on to say that you know when these guys have 
all this guaranteed money, what's the incentive to work hard and be the best? Because I'm, I'm getting millions of dollars, and I can go out there like John Daly and, you know, drink a six-pack and smoke smoke a pack on the course and finish dead last, but I've got my guaranteed money. You know, and part of having that championship drive, part of that, you know, desire to compete, you know, is taken away for these guys that have clearly already made a choice that is more about the money, right? If you valued the competition aspect more than the money, you wouldn't have left the PGA Tour. Right. You you would have stayed on the on the tour that has the most good golfers and has the more more prestige. And I, I think it I think it tarnishes like Tiger said the the world rankings because you know they rank these guys on the PGA Tour because they've all played the same courses. So what happens when you have the number one like live golfer and the number one PGA Tour golfer like who is the actual best golfer in the world? And I just kind of that 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 sucks to me because you well, we won't we might not ever know who the number one golfer in the world is. Yeah, I, the world ranking system has always been pretty complicated for golf. I mean, they, they kind of used the previous two years, so it's why some guys that have had a bad six months are still way up there. Right. It's why guys that have gotten hot you know, take a little longer to get up there. It's already already been kind of a complicated system. To further complicate it mm-hmm. um, becomes very difficult. You know, these new events that LIV is playing – Okay, the fields are decent. They're much smaller fields, which has to be a consideration. If you're beating, even if you're beating thirty really good players, it's not the same as having to beat one hundred and thirty right. players because you're still going to have thirty really good players in the one hundred and thirty. The difference is you'll have sixty decent players, fifteen okay players, and then a few bad players. Um, and it's in, in the sport of golf that can be so random and be so difficult. I mean, having to beat a hundred people <laughs> and making sure a hundred people don't have a career event is is more difficult. And I, I think the difficulty of course won't be an issue because I mean, there's some of these courses that the PJ Tour used to visit. Um, for instance, Trump National Doral. Doral used to be a really big tournament, and then it got political and, and got complicated. But Doral has has hosted a World Golf Championship. It, it is a legitimately difficult and quality course, and just the PJ Tour and the World Golf Championship going there because of the Trump connection. Um, but the quality, of course, will not be the issue. I think to the point is just it's not it, it's not playing the exact same ones against the same competition. Right. And again, I, I don't discredit the quality of golfer for the most part that LIV has because there are 15 to 25 really competent, good players. But again, if you watch this sport, <laughs> Tiger Woods is – for my money, the greatest of all time, and he won like at his peak one out of every four, or one out of every every three tournaments, and that's insane. But in any other walk of life, to win something one out of every four or three times, you're getting fired. And like any other sport or anything else you do, um, it, it wouldn't be good enough. And so the emphasis here is that the reason it's so difficult to win a a bunch of tournaments and a bunch of majors is there's so many quality players. You kind of miss the point if you only select 25 players or so because the point is there's 100 guys that on any given week could put together great golf and Mm -hmm. and win a tournament. So um, the world rankings have already felt kind of difficult just because it's hard to understand the formulas to it. You throw in another t- competent tour if it if it lives up to it for several years. Then I, I don't um, 
I don't know how that's going to get calculated. It just muddies the water question. more than it's already muddied. Like, yeah. And we're still so young in, in this new tour. I mean, it, it's barely been around, only had a few events so far. And um, still, as it stands right now, Tiger Woods talking about the future of these major championships. Again, all four major championships are not governed by the PGA Tour. Not a single one of them is. All four of them have their own committees and crews that make decisions on who's eligible and who's not eligible. And none of them have banned these LIV Tour golfers, these Live Tour golfers, uh, from participating. However, if any of that were to change, how do those golfers feel about that? How does that factor in to their decisions? Because I would imagine a lot of the top golfers want to be able to play four major championships. That's how you were remembered is by how many major championships you can walk away and win. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I, and it's, I guess sort of playing devil's advocate here. I, I just, as we were talking, I'm kind of looking up some things about reasons why other reasons why these guys are joining the, the LIV tour. Obviously the money is the thing. Uh, and again, like I said, playing devil's advocate, uh, one of the, a couple of the other reasons that these guys are giving along with the money, the guaranteed money, they're saying they can provide better for their families because if they have tournaments where they start struggling and they're not making a living, they can't, they're not making the money, but they're guaranteed the money. So they're good with that. The other thing is the shotgun starts. They enjoy that because everybody's playing in the same conditions. Cause for anybody that's played golf before things change. If you're teeing off early in the morning, the course is going to play different than it does later in the afternoon. So they enjoy the shotgun start. So everybody's playing in the same conditions at the same time. The other thing is the shorter tournaments, they feel like that they're able to spend more time with their families with the shorter tournament, the shorter season. Uh, it's not quite the grind that the PGA Tour has been for them. So those are some of the other reasons that they're giving. However, obviously money yeah. is the big thing. Money always speaks. But again, the devil's advocate side of it, there are other reasons that these guys are leaving to for the LIV Tour. Yeah, because I mean, I, I would want to press back on them for every reason they they gave beside the money. Like the the family thing is great, and I'm never going to say, oh yeah, just give up more time with family. It's no big right. deal. But at the same time, compare this to other sports. Sure, there are far worse other situations than family because yeah. these guys will ultimately play only about twenty tournaments a year, which right. means they're available or not available for twenty weeks of the year essentially well okay i know you can laugh and say what you want but something like nascar that's 36 races a year plus an all-star and exhibition race that's 38 week weeks a year and it's pretty and it's pretty damn similar to golf because you race on a sunday so that's when the big event is but you you practice and qualify friday and saturday you're getting to the track on thursday so it's a very similar timeline uh, to golf. You might get one extra day off because maybe the golfers are there on Wednesday instead of Thursday. But, you know, there's far other sports. I mean, these guys select their own schedules. You can all, you don't have to play more than 14, 15 tournaments in a year. Um, the, the, the most credible thing there I like uh, might be the shotgun starts because I, there is real credibility. We talk about it. Every year at Major Championship Golf, if you're if you're listening to the analysts talk about it, you talk about early late versus late early. Which one gets the better weather? Because it might rain one day in the afternoon, 
and then it's really difficult to play while it's raining. But then the next morning, the course is really soft, so you get the ball to stop. Right. And the greens don't roll out. And all of a sudden, you're sticking it five feet away, and it's not rolling out away from the pin. You're like, I just hit this great shot. But the other day, before it rained, that same shot lands in that same place. It's 25 feet away yeah. because it rolls out. And so that's that's the most credible thing there is that if you can all condense the time in which everyone's playing to make it more equitable weather condition-wise. Now, look, you're always going to have random weather events. So like, even if instead of a 12-hour golf day, it's an 8-hour golf day or a 7-hour golf day, I still can't promise you everyone gets the exact same deal because it'll still warm up, cool down a little bit. There'll still be pop-up storms. You just can't control everything about it. But that is a talking point. Every golf tournament that matters, people say, did this afternoon wave get a break in the weather or did this morning wave get the better weather it's always a, a conversation yeah. that part of it is valid so uh, this is the a quote that i was reading from uh from rory mcelroy uh he says you know you have some guys in a position uh where like they are literally not guaranteed a job next year uh, as we've seen it's a young man's game nowadays so someone that isn't guaranteed their tour card next year another entity comes along and says we'll guarantee you this amount for three years plus you're playing for a ton more prize money and you're playing less events you can spend more time with your family and so uh that's the quote from Roy McElroy kind of defending some of these guys that have left for the LIV tour uh, for their other reasons other than money which obviously we know that's the main reason but right so. oh no it's there there are other financially reasons. it yeah. blows it out of the water sure uh, and, and it has to because the morality of it lacks and you know some of these guys I like some guys will will like that it's 54 holes for the family element to it. I would still argue that the real family element is just less tournaments because you're you're effectively just taking out one day of the week. I mean, right. you're still traveling a lot. You're still out of commission for over half the week because you got to get there a day early. Um, so, but I think there's also a lot of guys. Tiger was one of them that said 72 holes matters. That that, that extra 18. Again, golf is a sport. Of not random outcomes, but of certainly a, a long range of them, and to have to play well four consecutive days—that's big. You know, I mean, someone someone can shoot the the shorter you make a tournament, someone can have one magical round and it hold up a lot better, right? If it's just three rounds instead of four, and you know, I feel like we have this conversation in every sport because we we talk about in baseball should we shorten the season down to around a hundred, and in the NBA should we get that down to the sixties or seventies? Uh, the NFL added a game recently. Every league kind of flirts around: is their schedule actually the right number? And due to the changing circumstances, and I think that's something that will always happen. But golf has been one of the things and maybe it's because it's the individual nature of it, that has been very steady in four rounds. So to hear someone come along and suggest otherwise is kind of like an initial culture shock of some sort because that's just not ever been a real conversation uh, in that I've just not heard many people ever imply that there was ever an option other than the traditional four rounds. So I, I'm not really in love with the initial thought of a three-round day, or excuse me, a three-round tournament. Um, 
but I mean, I guess I'm open to other perspectives there. But I, I just think the, the family element part of it more is more about just you know nine or ten tournaments instead of fifteen to twenty. It's three three versus four rounds is an extra day. But I don't think that's that's the main brunt of the family situation. I'm always so fascinated by the tour card and everything that goes into getting one of those and uh, ramifications that are in place and that sort of thing. Van, what thoughts are you having? I mean, I agree. I think. I think competition is good for anything. So seeing another tour or something like that come in, it's probably, it's probably good for the sport, but at the same time I think it's bad for the sport because of the, the guaranteed money. I agree with Ryan as far as the three days instead of four days because, like you said, that one magical day somebody has can hold up a lot better and you can win a tournament because it – whereas in the PGA Tour you can have that one magical day and then have three regular days and finish tied for 30th. So. Yeah. <laughs> And I worry, too, a new thought, and someone's not mentioned, but it kind of ties into what Chuck Culpepper was talking about yesterday. So we're in this stage of golf where, and I'm among them, I love Tiger Woods. He's the reason I ever picked up a golf club and went on to play some high school golf. But he is 46 years old. I'm going to break some news here. He can't do this forever. Right. And we cherish the times we see him, and it clearly adds more hype to the game. But at some point, we're going to have to find somebody that is incredibly marketable, that is good, that can carry this sport for a little while. Or, or in conjunction with maybe maybe it's a rivalry at the top, like if Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau continue to hate each other. Right. And But, but they've not played well recently. And... You need somebody else to help the sport go forward. But the problem is when we start to stretch the product, we already had a situation where there is a European tour. Like, like it's not – the PJ Tour has not been the only product in golf. There, are, there is an Asian tour. There is a European tour. And, and some of these great foreign golfers play those tours. So, like, on a week-to-week basis, you're not always seeing a few of the top players in the world because, no, it's not that they're just resting at home with their families. They're out in the European tour or they're out in Asia playing somewhere. And so my point is it's incredibly difficult for those people to latch on as as these favorite golfers of the world when they're not playing in the same place all the time they're playing five or six in america because they're playing the majors how do you see it all how do you know what they're up to right out of sight out of mind and it's harder to follow that when you're teeing off at 2 a.m in in america yeah but 8 a.m over there like like what's going to happen with the open championships it's tough for people to follow and so to stretch the product even a little thinner and say, all right, I've got the top 50 players in the world. There's three events in the world this week. Instead of 45 of those top 50 playing in America and then five playing in the European Tour, now I'm going to have 30 playing in the PGA Tour. I'm going to have 14 or 15 play in the LIV Tour, and I'm still going to have that five that's married to playing Lynx Golf in Europe or, or in Asia, wherever. How does that help you start to enjoy, you know, like, how does that help you continually build around one or two golfers if they start to kind of play a little bit here and a little bit there? I mean, I guess you could become a loyalist to the PGA Tour and just say, okay, I'm going, maybe there's, I'm just going to follow these guys more intently in this one tour. But again, I think it becomes a little harder just a little bit more hard to be the marketability that you need 
and to be in front of people enough to really love that person. No one's going to love a golfer as much as people love Tiger Woods, but you need somebody that can at least, you know, captivate people like, oh, this guy's in the tournament. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this on just at least check in on him. I don't know how many of those guys you have right now, and, and that's a big issue for golf. We need to take a commercial break here. We do want to let you know that at 12.30 a.m. Central Time. Are you going to be awake? 12.30 yes, a.m. Central Time. Yet. I hope not. Uh, the Peacock app will start Ugh. open championship what coverage. The and then peacock. at 3 a.m. Central Time, it's over to cable television when USA picks up coverage. 3 a.m. Central Time tonight going into tomorrow morning is where you can watch Open Championship coverage. Let's take a quick pause. We're back with more sports call, talking about some rule changes in sports, some just changes in general. That conversation continues in a moment. Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're back. It's Tiger 95.9 FM, and this is the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio. Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, Van Cathcart, and Tom, we're back on the road next week. We're headed to SEC Media Days in Atlanta, my friend. Yeah, man. I, I always enjoy it. I, I, I always enjoy SEC Media Days, just uh, seeing the who's who of SEC football. I mean, Feinbaum's roaming around, Cole Kublik, you know, we... We end up getting some of the biggest names in the business on the show with us, and that's always fun. So uh, a lot of times live, a lot of times we uh, pre-record and do it. But either way, we get the we get the big names for you. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a good time. That you get to listen to all of it right here on our show. And, again, it's going to be great coverage. And thanks to our staff that will be back here, uh, feet on the ground, still in our studios on South College Street, making sure we stay on the air to bring you that coverage. It will be podcasted every single day. We'll have links online through our social media feeds. This week we've still got good shows left for you. Tomorrow on the program, Bob Pachris, one of the top NASCAR reporters in the sport with Fox Sports, will stop by. On Friday, Auburn men's basketball assistant coach Wes Flanagan will be back on the show. Coach Flanagan will join us as Auburn. They're getting ready to play in Israel in August. They get to play some games as a new team. We've heard these games will be covered by the SEC Network, uh, both on TV, and then they'll have a couple of SEC Network Plus broadcasts. But you will be able to see coverage of the events, and, and Coach Flanagan will be able to join us on Friday to talk about all of that and the Braves will continue to navigate that four game series uh, with the Washington Nationals that they're opening up so we've got tons of things coming over the next few days we're going to be busy Ryan yeah a little bit of everything I I know our focus next week will be on uh, all things college football and I think that'll kind of 
bookmark the end of you know rummaging around NBA and some of these other sports, and uh, we'll start to get into heavy uh, SEC and college football previews after that. But uh, yeah, for this week, still got some interesting stuff. Of course, we talked tennis and golf with, with Chuck Culpepper yesterday, which uh, was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Bob Pockers tomorrow. That's going to be really exciting. He is uh, the the number one. I mean, to be quite frank, the number one NASCAR reporter out there. Um, He's you, your woes for you, the NBA and Adam Schefter for NFL. Would you put him yeah, in that area? Yes and no, because what they function as is a little different. You know, Woj is this great newsbreaker, and Bob does do some of that, but he also just pounds out information, like who's like he gives you the exact moment green flag will be because everyone's like oh the race is at two o'clock well actually green flags at 217 so if you turn on at two o'clock the national anthem will be sung and you'll still be <laughs> waiting for 15 waiting. more minutes yeah. um and he gives you the, the lineup he gives you the procedure for qualifying if it's different that week um keeps track of the radar for everybody that's concerned i mean answers some questions on twitter he's a lot more accessible than some of these other guys that are just one particular thing like Woj is not going. I mean, and some of the some of it too is that you know there's more certainties in in basketball and football and like of when start times are and that sort of thing. But um, Bob just does a really good job at all forms of information. Yes, there's some news breaking there, and there actually was NASCAR news yesterday. Um, but just making sure the fans have all the information for each and every race. He'll be on our show tomorrow, 3.30 uh, is when we'll get a chance to chat with him. So, what, 23 hours from now we'll be able to chop it up with him. And then again on Friday, Wes Flanagan, the current assistant basketball coach for the Auburn Tigers, a former Auburn basketball player himself. His son, Alan Flanagan, is getting set for his senior season playing for the Tigers. So it'll be good to chop it up with uh, Coach Flanagan coming up on Friday. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. We were talking about rule changes uh, throughout the week. You know, it's been at SEC Media Days in the past before where uh, a few years ago we're there and, and at the time it was Steve Shaw, the coordinator of officials in the Southeastern Conference, that's telling us about new blindside block rules on kickoffs and what can apply. And then in the following years, it's been, okay, we're going to modify overtime. And after the first two periods, you're not going to be able to uh, go for, you're going to have to go for two. It's going to be a two-point shootout starting in the third overtime. And we've always had um, some targeting modifications, but there's still uh, no clarity in what that looks like. So Rule changes are inevitable when we get to the event next week. We've been talking about changes in the sport of golf with all of these other tours uh, getting started and that sort of thing. Here's one to discuss for today. And this broke last night fairly late in the evening. A publication time from the Associated Press at 10.41 p.m. Eastern out of the New York office. Major League Baseball has announced that in their Florida State League, they will be testing a pie slice infield experiment aimed at reining in the defensive shift in Class A baseball. 
the Florida State League will limit defensive shifts by drawing chalk lines in a pie shape from second base to the outfield grass starting July 22nd, prohibiting infielders from the marked area prior to the pitch in an experiment that could increase offense. That's a test that's going to be implemented by Major League Baseball. That is so Trying to find a way to improve some offense so it looks as though there will just be lines on the diamond that you cannot cross them so until the pitch has been thrown so to limit dumb. the shift. Learn to hit the learn to hit to the opposite field. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it's not there's a, no it, bunting anymore or anything like that. Yeah, I mean it's they're, not it's not on the it, it, it's clear they're trying they're, they want more offense. But so, and, okay, and offense would you're right. Offense would mean hey hit it the other way. But sure. So many people have clearly struggled with that, and we've gotten I, well, into such analytics. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't care if you've struggled with that. Work on it. Become a better opposite field hitter. That way, a team can't play. I mean, if the, if you want it, that's how you get rid of a shift like that. Is you learn to hit it the opposite way. Teams know that they we can't shift on him because if we do, he's going to poke one over here to the opposite side. That's how you stop the shift. Is you learn to hit the opposite way. That's dumb. That's not on the. It's not on the fielders to do that. That's you responsibility as a batter to be able to hit the ball different ways. So, I mean, so what if a team's shifting? I, it's it's dumb. I I, I don't understand that. Is this I, the first time you're hearing about this? Like first time about their desire to do this? No, no, no. I, okay. I've, I've definitely heard about them trying to get rid of the shift. This is the first about drawing lines on right. the field that you can't pass. That, that's yeah, dumb. That's so stupid. The, right. But yeah, I mean, it's always been dumb. Any discussion of ending the shift is stupid. Because you were reacting and like you just found it out. And oh no, no, I definitely know they've been talking about trying to get rid of the shift, and right. I've always been very adamant that that's dumb. And now that's even stupider. Now you're talking about drawing lines on the diamond. Like like, oh, you can't cross this line. BS. Well, I mean. Learn the, to hit the opposite way. Yeah, that's what I'm puzzled about, too. And, like, I, I'm not as mad right now as I was because, I mean, it just, I've, you know, come to grips with they're going to do it. And I agree that they should not do it. But I don't know why you'd put lines on the field because I guess you just have to make them for each because again the whole point of the shift is depending on the handiness of the the batter, so it's going like can you not just say you can't have three people on the one side of second base? And you that's and I mean like, like for the left-handed hitter you can't have three people on the right side of second base. For the right-handed hitter you can't have three people on the left side of, of second base. Major League Baseball has been testing shift limits all season at Double A and Class A, requiring teams to have four players on the infield, including two on each side of second base. So it just seems as though they're looking for more data, maybe and, and more. Yeah, let's ways just to, mess up the playing field. Yeah. Why don't we? Right, let's, let's mess start, up. Let's, the, let's first mess up the strat. Here I go. I, Tom's anger is flowing over here it's a stream of consciousness it's reached the middle seat now don't put lines on the damn field for this you're already making a questionable at best decision a a flat out decision that people will not like that takes strategy out of the game don't put lines on the damn field for your mistake i mean manfred's such a piece of work i mean he just is i also just sent us a good message. Uh, I'd be fascinated to hear what the general consensus is among hitters. Is the push to eliminate the shift coming major league from major league baseball, wanting offensive increase for viewership, or 
is it hitters complaining? You know, well, and, and that's fair because Manfred grow a pair if it's from the hitters. Yeah. I mean, you know, like man, go ahead. I can't. I'm just going to say no. More. I mean, I'm all the way. I'm against the shift. I was a pitcher in high school, so obviously I'm for the shift because it helps the defense. And I understand, I guess, why they want to get rid of it. But I don't think that you should have to coddle to these grown men playing baseball. Like, <laughs> if it is the players, I think that's dumb. Like, like Brian said, grow up here. It's like it's like it's just Joey Gallo out there screaming and everybody. What would be the difference? <laughs> say, I know it didn't work out. It's not worked out this way, but but just say, in the NFL, teams started playing this. You know, I I, I don't know what defense, but but say say this incredible three six two defense. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but but just say they invented this we unbelievable really yeah. defense yeah. that we had not really seen yet. And note every team that faced them couldn't score more than 10 points. Just could not do it. Could not beat it. And then the NFL's like, all right, well, we need more offense in the game. You've clearly whipped our butt on this. We're going to take it out. You can't run this style of defense. You know? Like, how – how terrible is that? Yeah. It's a strategy that after playing this sport for years, like baseball didn't just start in like 1984. Right. They've played this game for over 100 over years. 100. And now it took them that long to create a strategy that betters the defense. And baseball is not supposed to be a game where you're scoring 10 runs a game. That's right. Not how, it's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be relatively low. Three to four is, well, I feel like, this average. One well, and the other thing, and, and, Maybe maybe I'm maybe it's just the dinosaur the dinosaur in me coming out, but I, I it seems like that you know the technicalities of hitting and being able to hit the opposite field was something that had always been taught. I know it was taught to me coming up through is is you learn how to uh, wait on a ball. I mean, if you want to pull you if you want to pull hits, you learn to you know get out in front of it. If you want to try to hit the opposite field, you learn to stay back on it. You know, these are things that are taught. I don't know that that's taught anymore. It's almost like it's right. exclusively pull. Well, you know, if right. you're a right-hand hitter, you're hitting to the left field. And it's and it's it's almost like, yeah, it's like a something that is not taught. Well, so, of course, defenses are going to react to that. Because you've never heard about the shift in the 80s. And, you know, when I was growing up, a shift was not a thing because guys could hit to the opposite field. Right. If you put all your infielders over on one side, somebody's going to hit it. The opposite way. Imagine shifting just, on Tony Gwynn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Derek Jeter. Just oh, imagine that. That's what came to mind was Jeter and Gwynn yeah. for me. So guys knew how to hit the opposite field. And it's like that is a lost art in baseball right. now is to be able to hit to multiple areas of the field. That's something that you always did in batting practice. Mm-hmm. In batting practice, you pulled. You hit to the left. You hit to center. You hit to right. You you just did that over and over and over again, just like laying down bunts. You had to learn how to lay down bunts to the left, learn how to lay down bunts to the right. I don't know that guys do that anymore. It's like they just hack to the hack to whatever uh, pull side it is. And and now because that is a dying art of the technicalities of hitting, now the defense is going to do you know do what they're doing, and you're trying to say, oh no, you can't do that. It's it's complete BS by baseball to try to take that out. Were were you proud? Of my spray chart last night and my five at bats, two to the right, two up the middle, one to the left. Feels pretty they were all hits, me, yeah. But the line drive that I was out on was a shortstop, two hits up the middle, a ground out to second, and then a uh, triple to right. Yeah, 
I think all I, over the place. I think I grounded to third six times yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I beat all three of them though. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was, was trying. I was trying to go opposite field because they had, they were. As most people do, if I if, if I come up as a right-handed batter, and you can watch, and the same thing with any of y'all that come up, everybody kind of shades over yep. to uh-huh. your pull side. Oh, now, yeah. obviously, they don't all just load up on the left side, but everybody kind of shades. Uh, so right field was there for the taking, and I kept trying to get one down the right field line, but I but the guy kept throwing the pitches that I was getting were more inside. I couldn't get one kind of outside the plate that I could. Uh, take opposite ways. So that was my frustration because I was desperately trying to hit one to the right side. And I, I hope they don't take the shift out of the softball league because me, Ryan, and Cam run a mean shift out there. No kidding. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here. I wanted to think about the the thought you had a moment ago, kind of like comparing this to another sport, what that would look like. And what for whatever reason, video games are coming to mind for me. And it feels like when you're younger, right, and and you're playing Madden or whatever football game you want to, and you run field goal block, and right, and you know I'm gonna tackle him right away because everybody's right. It's a video game; they're gonna make it an easy tackle, and we're just gonna limit the number of people that you can have on the line of scrimmage at any given moment. And move it back. I don't know. I don't know why that was in my head. I wanted to bring that well, up. Uh, you, know, well, I, you know, Ryan did the the thing with the defense, and I look at it on, on the opposite way. It's any time that something is working well and you try to take it away. But if you think about it on the offensive side of things, like in football, Auburn was doing so great with that with the read option. Yeah. No, it's like nobody could stop that. But then it would be like they come out and they're like, hey, you can't run the read option. It, it's – you know, it's too difficult for these guys to stop. You just cannot run the read option. You need to just play regular football. Yeah, if you make a handoff motion, you have to either hand, you hand it to the running back or throw it. The quarterback cannot run. I was, right. I was yeah, thinking about like the that, Wildcat, yeah. and then I remember the Wildcat sucks. So, <laughs> done the right way, the it, can, it can be okay. But you're going to run it nine times out of ten in the yeah, Wildcat. So. But you know, but you have the little jump pass thing, yeah. the Tebow jump pass. But but I'm thinking more on that read option type thing, especially when you had a guy like Nick Marshall back there, where defense had no idea what was going on. Right. That's why nobody could stop it because they had no idea who had the ball at any given time. And then, of course, you get into, you know, like the kick six game, you start running out, and all of a sudden, Sammy Coates is standing back there by himself, and you throw the ball to him. Right. All of a and so, yeah, it's like, hey, you can't do that. But And the reasons you, they don't work anymore is because people figured them out. But hitters can't figure out how to hit the ball opposite field anymore. Yeah. So it just, it's not, you know, I, it's yeah. annoying. And, and they're so good defensively that I, I've seen several times just watching the Braves the last couple of weeks of situations where the guy did actually hit a grounder to the opposite side of the infield and it was right to the one person on the other side of the infield because the analytics are so good in baseball and I know I fight analytics especially in other sports but again I go on a whole spiel about that analytics are good to a point but the analytics are so good there that they even know where to be with that one person to where even on that one side of the infield, and if the guy actually does the right thing, he still ends up being out because he hits it to that third baseman that is somehow <laughs> like twenty feet off the line. Yeah. You know, like like you think like it, it's the it's the shifts when you see if you just bunt that down the line, it's a single, and if you get that to the edge of the grass, it's a double because they're that far off the line because they're playing that that spot where they expect you to be able to hit 
no. to the opposite field if you are actually able to hit to the opposite field. So, and that's just that's just good analytics. That's good scouting. That that know that's the understanding of the spray chart chart and saying that on the, the the two out of ten times that this guy does hit it to the opposite field, he's hitting it in this kind of cone of spaces. He's not he can't put it right down the line, or he can't put it just to the left of the second base back. He's either pulling it to the right side, or if it's going on the left side of second base, it's going in between where third and short would typically play. So we're gonna put the third baseman about 30 feet down the line. Really interesting. Again, the Florida State League, it's uh, low-A baseball, Major League Baseball, implementing a a defensive shift of high slice chalk written from the second base bag into the outfield grass. We'll see how that goes for Major League Baseball in an attempt to eliminate the shift. All right, we finished two hours of the program today. Van, thanks for coming by and hanging out with us. Always fun to see you. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll have him back on the show sometime soon. Brooks Childress set to join us here in just a few moments. We've got one hour left to go alongside Van Cathcart, Ryan LaVoy, and Tom Peavy. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Brooks Childress is now here with us on the show today. Hi, Brooksy. Hi. Are you doing well today? I am doing fantastic. Brooksy. <laughs> Nobody ever calls me my actual name. Did I ever, I ever told you the story, Tom, about the guy when I golfed with, never golfed with him before, called me Brooksy? Nah. <laughs> I went golfing one day at Indian Pines, and it was pretty crowded, so they looped us together. And right. it was just, I was just out there by myself, and they the starter put me in with the dad and his two kids. His two kids were like middle school. He was like, he said, they're from Beauregard. Maybe they listen to the show. Um, and they said, you know, we come out here every once in a while. My sons love to play golf. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, let's let's go. So we get out there. By the third hole, third hole, he says, uh, his son's about to putt. He's like, hold on, let's let Brooksy go. Third hole. Never met this man in my life before. Call me Brooksy by the third hole. (laughs) Seems like it's a fitting nickname. No one calls him by my actual name. Do you feel like you've heard Brooksy, though, since you were four, right? Well, I wouldn't say. I I mean, I couldn't tell you that (laughs) because I don't pay attention to things. Since you were nine? But, like, I could tell, like, that's the most common one that people say is Brooksy. Okay. My favorite has been the one that Andy Burcham dubbed me this year, Brookie C. Brookie C. That was a <laughs> that very was my favorite. One. Good job by him for doing that. Uh, we've got some fun to get to in just a moment, but now we want to take your phone call. So let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Russell from Auburn. Russell has called into the show. Hi, Russell. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Very well. And yourself? Well, I'd be better if the Braves could win a game today. Uh, but, yeah. you know, 
it is what it is. It's crazy. I, the last three games they played the Mets, they scored eight runs by via five home runs. Every run they scored was by home run, and they only scored eight with four solo home. What no three? How many was it? Four. Four home runs. Yeah. That's not right. Three, Six. three solo home No, four solo home runs. I don't know. It was a bunch they of had solo three home solo runs. home runs today. They had yeah. one in the first game, and they had two two-run homers yesterday. So six total home runs in the three-game series. Four solo home Yeah, four of the five were solo home runs. So, <laughs> four of know. the six. <laughs> or however many. I don't know. It was a bunch we of solo hate home math. runs. Yeah. And it, it's frustrating when it's solo home runs. You know, and then they get opportunities where they've got people on second, third, can't get a single. You know, so I, they're they're in a good spot. I mean, I, there's not too much to be complaining about since they've won like 30 games since the beginning of June. I mean, they still probably have the best record in baseball, even over the Yankees. But just live and die by the home run. You know, it's like, and I I keep texting my buddies. I'm like, well, if they don't hit a home run, they're not going to score. You know, so. But Austin Riley, my goodness, he has to be has to. How is he not? I mean, Derek Cooper, Auburn guy. You know, I, I can't say I love him because he plays with the Marlins. But yeah, he's an Auburn guy. Yeah, he deserves to be there, I guess, for DH. How do you not put Austin Riley in for a DH? Like, get that guy in the game. Twenty-five home runs. I don't know. I can't remember the list, but it is an elite list. He just joined the Braves that have hit twenty-five home runs before the All Star break. And by the way, he's got four more games to go, and he's hit home runs in four consecutive games. So I mean, dude might end up with thirty before the All Star break. That's and I don't wild. think that's been done by a whole lot of people. I mean, you know, your list of Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews and Chipper Jones and Andre Scalarraga. I mean, you know, it's pretty good, I'd say. And, What he's got? What eight more home runs than Nolan Arenado? So Nolan Arenado's been a perennial All Star for like seven, eight, nine years, however many years it is. Is it just because he's Nolan and Arenado? Like it has to. And I've understood. We've had this conversation before about All Star Game as a popularity contest, and that kind of showed with Ronald Acuna. I mean, he was hurt most of the year and really hadn't done a whole whole lot by his standards. But yet he's the top vote getter in the National League. I mean. Could you, you could argue he's not even a top five player right now in the National League this year as far as stats go and being hurt and all that. But he's top vote getter, and he's in the home run derby. Can't complain about yeah. it, but at the same time, can't have it both ways. I, you know? I, think, but, uh, I think Ryan was wise to also point it out yesterday uh, when we had the conversation because Austin Riley was something or somebody we brought up, and, and you know we pointed out the fact, Ryan brought it up, that, hey, Major League Baseball has this rule in place where every single team – has to have an all-star on the roster, and then that takes away opportunities for other players. The Oakland Athletics have won 33% of their baseball games this year. And they will have an all-star at the mid. You know, it's it's when you have to have somebody from every single team, it starts to cut down on other players that can get that nod. Yeah, but I think the one that, that comes to mind is what the Marlins have, Jazz Chisholm. But he's probably the best second baseman in the National League. I mean, it, as far as 
play goes. So I don't know that – I understand what you're saying, but I don't know that it necessarily takes away from the fact that Austin Riley on paper is just better than Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. He just – he is. Look at here's him. what look Russell. Look here's what I would, I would. I I understand the stats, but I also would would tell you part of Riley's um, numbers here ha, have been uh, an incredible last couple weeks. Well, the majority of the voting was done well before that, and so you know part of it is a popularity contest and, and all that. But you know you mentioned four home runs in four consecutive games. Well, the, the lineups got announced or the teams got announced you know before that's going on. So now you know a week later because he's you know he's really spacing out these numbers. But at the time they were they were pretty even, um, especially when you factor in the batting average was down in the two fifties and two sixties for a, a long time, and now it's up in the two eighties. So you know I, I think the bottom line is they all deserve to be all stars and it's unfortunate for Austin that he is left out he obviously does deserve to be an all-star but those guys do as well and it's just unfortunate that this is the one that, that's getting snubbed and, and I saw an interesting list and um, I, I don't want to misquote it. I know Chipper was one of them uh, it's actually not unprecedented at all that the National League MVP does not even make the All-Star team. In 1999, Chipper Jones was not an All-Star, yet he became the National League MVP. So, unfortunate, unfortunately, this kind of thing uh, has absolutely happened, and it happens pretty much every year. And honestly, well, then what about the argument for Kyle Wright? You know, I mean, he's been as dominant all year as anybody. Look at his numbers. And he's not an All-Star. And I know he's kind of come out of nowhere. You look at Austin Riley, what did he do last year? Oh, he just batted 300 with 33 homers and 100-plus RBIs. And so it's not like nobody knows who Austin Riley is. I just think that Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado carry names. And that's why he's not playing or on the team at third base. But my point is there's an argument to put him on the team. You know, like, you can put him on the team as a DH now, you know? I mean, would you rather have Austin Riley or Garrett Cooper? Of course, Austin Riley. But, well, yeah. And just put – you could put no no names at the top and put their stats up, and you would pick Austin Riley's all day, every day. So, you know, I, anyway, I'll get off that. The Braves are doing fine, and it sucks that we lost the series to the Mets. I think we're now one game. What we we split a series with them to begin the season. We're so two and two. What we're three and four against the Mets this year. So I mean, it's not like we're getting destroyed by them or anything. I mean, yeah, they had a bad. Charlie Morton had a bad game. I, I actually remember them saying on the broadcast today that that's only the second time in his career. Now think about how old Charlie Morton is. How many? I mean, he's, what, 38, 39? He's pitched a long time. The second time in his career he's ever given up three home runs in the same game. So it was a bad day for him. And that doesn't happen very often, if ever. So just had a bad game today. It would have been nice to take the series and be a half game behind instead of two and a half. But we get the Nationals again for four games before the All-Star break. So maybe we can sweep them because they're terrible. And we've got a pretty good uh, arsenal of arms coming up against them. Uh, Ian Anderson will be the one I would worry about. But Max Fried's going to pitch a game. Spencer Strider's going to pitch another game. So, uh, And Kyle Wright goes tomorrow. So, you know, I, I, three out of four is definitely on the table. And a four-game sweep would be awesome to play against the worst team in possibly baseball but they're good i just 
frustrated about Riley. He's just on fire. And I understand what you're saying, Ryan. Everything works out, you know, maybe not the timing wasn't great, but I still think there's an argument to be made that he needs to be on the team. If there is a snub in baseball, besides the pitcher, uh, Cease or whoever from the White Sox, he's got to be on the American League team. I don't know how he's not on there. But, I mean, look at his numbers. He is just ridiculous. But for Austin Riley, he better be on the team. I mean, if he's not on the team, that's a snub for sure. And, and maybe it'll do him good. Maybe it'll be bulletin board material for his locker. And he'll just hit 50 home runs this year with 120 RBIs because that's what it looks we'll like he's going to do. We'll take it. And then maybe it'll be like 1999 Chipper and he doesn't make the all-star team, but he wins the league MVP. Maybe so. Appreciate you guys. All right. Good, good to hear from you, Russell. We appreciate it. War Eagle, indeed. Our pal Russell from Auburn right there on the program. The other brave to do that, 1991 Terry Pendleton did not make the all-star team, but he won an MVP. So wow. some some of it, some of it's that you have 162 games and there's an 80 that is far better than the other 80. And Riley absolutely deserves to be an all-star, so we're clear. I just think they all deserve to be all stars because, you know, even Arenado at 17 homers, 54 RBIs, hitting like 295 right now. I mean, that's 30 homer, 100 RBI pace, and that's an all star caliber, too. I think name matters. Braves fans voted well this year, so it is surprising Riley didn't get in. Um, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, you walk away with five all stars for next week. We've got to take a break, and we'll be back with our Super Conferences Snake Draft. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Here we are back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Brooks, Ryan, and Tom inside the studio. This uh, quartet will be making the trip to Atlanta for SEC Media Days next week. Uh, this quartet has been together many years running now at uh, the league event. And Brooks, I'm excited that we get to be back partnering up once again for another trip to uh, the SEC kickoff. Yeah, back to Atlanta. That was uh, that was the first time this quartet was together for Media Days. So it was the first Atlanta one. Right. Um, and But it's going to be a slightly different venue for us. It's still going to be the same venue for the SEC Media Days, but we're going to be moved next door instead of being stuffed into a ballroom. That was when that was when uh, you know back in 2018, a time when when Tom had been to Media Days before. Yeah. Yep. I think this is we my hadn't. Eighth, it's going to either be my seventh or eighth. And mm-hmm. we hadn't been before. And Tom is so great, but couldn't really help us out because it had never been in Atlanta before. It was yeah. new for everybody. And uh, yeah, they have made some changes to where everything will be in the Hall of Fame. There won't be any more exterior navigating from one place to yeah, another. Yeah, that, that, that was kind of a pain in the butt because everybody would have to leave from the College Football Hall of Fame and then come over there to the hotel next door and into the, the labyrinth of hallways and then to the ballroom that we were in. But I think they've got Radio Row on the second story yep. above the main stage. So yeah. it, we're all going to be right there together. Make it a lot easier navigation. 
It'll be uh, uh, some tight quarters um, because of the space that's there already, but we're there. That's what matters. Yeah, that's why I was trying we're to think about, like, you know, like, if anyone's been in the College Football Hall of Fame, like, the second floor is not like a vacant wasteland of space. Yeah. Like, there are exhibits up there. So, I am interested to see if everyone, if they're having to put like portions of people in places. Yeah, we had size restrictions on our staff that would be able to attend. And, and so, there's clearly some different parameters in place. Should we just bust the door down, uh, doors down right when they open it on Monday to set up and we go claim the fake college game day booth they yeah. got there? <laughs> so this is where we're going to This is where it. we're doing the show. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Isn't there like a, a there's like a maybe 10 yard field? That's where that, the, that's uh, the main, main stage okay, is. Gotcha. gotcha. Yards. Yeah, that, probably. Although, 30. I mean, if we want to go kick some field goals while Nick Saban's that's speaking, I, I think that would be of. fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought I was picturing it right. Yep. Um, let's do this. We, we talked about this uh, super conference sort of snake draft, uh, this idea out here with conference realignment being such a heavy topic of conversation. So uh, we've been presented with all of the, the Power 5 schools in place, and uh, let's try to build our own super conferences. Uh, we, we've got pen and paper in front of us. We can cross off schools as they're selected and uh, kind of go from there. So, um, again, Again, we have not discussed any anything regarding this. It's just let's have some fun and find something to do here. We're looking for writing utensils as I uh, hand yeah, uh, something to Tom Peavy here. We have paper with pen um, on it. So how, how many teams are we making? I want to do 16. I, w- I want to go up to, to wow. 16 as the SEC currently stands when adding Oklahoma and Texas, if possible. Uh, there are currently 65 Power conference teams, Power Five schools. There are sixty-five of them. If we do sixteen-team conferences, here's math for you. That's sixty-four. That means one of these schools is going to have their hearts broken and not be more selected. Than one. Something tells me Vanderbilt's not getting picked. Yeah. <laughs> no, more than one because I'm not picking Washington State. So wow, <laughs> slight to we'll the have. wazoo. So yeah, I mean, we didn't discuss watch, any of this. So you guys watch would, Rutgers get left. You guys would like the opportunity to select a non-power five schools for this. Yeah, project, right? yeah. If okay. I'm the commissioner, I mean, I mean, Brooks might take it too far. Buffalo has no right, <laughs> right. to be but in, above some of these schools. But like, there, I think there's five to ten group of five schools that should be considered. Also, newsflash, by the way, there would automatically be number two. There would be two here because unless you put Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame's going to have to. I did put Notre. Dame. Oh, you did there put Notre. Dame. In there. 65 total. They're in the ACC. Oh. Yeah, they're toward okay. the bottom of the ACC or middle of the ACC. I didn't think you. Okay. All right. I tried my best. Well, you did. Just in football, they're not technically in the ACC, so I didn't know if you put that in there. Right. And I just listed them out there okay. to be able to cross off. Can I take Because I'd imagine they'd be selected at some right. point. Okay. Never mind. How do we want to draft? Because also uh, we're not going to have this like long explanation for every single pick. We have no time for that whatsoever. Who would like the first selection? Would we like to just go all the way across the names as they're written here on the paper? Yeah, let's just do let's that. just do that. Yeah, make it yeah. easy and, and let's snake it back and forth. So I'm going to have the first selection uh, again. I haven't done any prep. I don't think any of us have. Uh, I want to take the Texas Longhorns. Oh, with the first pick. Okay. 
I want I want to take the Texas Longhorns with my first selection building a, a super. Do you want to give a re- reason for your first? Yeah, pick? I just think it's a huge brand. Texas okay. is a huge state, uh, a lot of big funding for the Longhorns, and I want Texas to be a part of my conference that I'm building. That's your cornerstone program. That's my cornerstone program. Hook them, and Texas is back. So. Should I just draft to like rival JJ's? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, I have someone that I think I'm picking first, but I honestly don't know if the others would pick them because of their relations. And so I wondered if I could be sneaky and be like a, a real draft and like hold on to them for the second round pick. Um, I won't do it. Everybody can hate me. Fine. Sue me. I don't care. Uh, Alabama. Alabama is as prestigious as anybody. They have a incredible commitment to football um they do add to some of the smaller sports um quite well they do try in basketball um i think they might be building a new arena soon so alabama yeah uh yeah uh yeah i mean i i agree i'm wondering if football like when you're taking them first of all is like I, my only concern with them is how much longer does Nick Saban have, and do they fall off once he leaves? Well, they'll fall off some, but I mean, they're no. I Bear Bryant existed, yeah. and they Gene recovered. Stallings existed. Yeah, you know, like they, sure. this is one of the two or three great programs of all time. There's no, right. it's not just because of one person. Unfortunately, yeah. Tom, it's your turn. <laughs> all right, uh, my my first pick is going to be Ohio State. Um, Obviously, a very prestigious football program. Uh, a lot of success in the other sports. Uh, a lot of success in sports that we don't even have in the Southeastern Conference. So, uh, got to go with the Buckeyes as my number one overall pick. I surprised myself not selecting Ohio State, if I'm being honest. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I surprised myself. That's a good pick, Tom. Go Buckeyes. I know. That's going to be a part of a good conference. <laughs> Uh, Brooks, you've got yep. back-to-back selections here. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the team. I, w- I was very much targeting Alabama with my number one pick because I didn't know if anybody would actually go for it. Okay. Um, Thank so, you for that full disclosure. Uh, my second uh, option, though, is still on the board, and I'm, it's going to be the same reasoning for, uh, for that Ryan gave, that they are a really, really good football program, historic football program, but they also are really good in a lot of other sports. Uh, specifically, they've been landing a lot of big-time talent in softball lately. I'm going to take the Oklahoma Sooners. So I am going down the path of just rivaling J.J.'s conference. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. All right. So I've got back-to-back picks here. Um, Man, this is – because I kind of want to go funky, but also I want big brands. Um, I, I want to go to the ACC now, and I'm going to go another big brand. This one's mainly for football. Is I'm going to get the value of Notre Dame in there. I'm going to take Notre Dame and Oklahoma to be in my conference. This really good pick. Picks. They're having. I mean, they they love being independent in football, uh, but they do have that ACC deal, like we've talked about, where if they were to join a conference at any point. As it stands in the real world, they have to, by law, speak with the Atlantic Coast Conference first to get on the same agreement there before looking at other options. But uh, this is not the real world. This is the sports call world. And Brooks Childress is having Notre Dame join a conference with Oklahoma to get us started here. Let's well done, the, Brooks. The Brookie C Conference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next? Would be back to Tom, I believe. Back to me. Oh, goodness gracious. Um. You know, I I'm gonna go with LSU. Um, Whoa! I thought there was an obvious one there. All right. Whoa! 
Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's excited. Like, this is excitement for Mr. Lavoy. Well, all right, so so I go with LSU for this reason. Um because of the fact that they have so much stuff going for them, they're the only one in the state of Louisiana other than the small schools. Their their baseball program uh, is about to do some stupid, stupid stuff because they've got some deals going there. Football is just not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Their basketball program has been on the rise. Their women's basketball program may win a national championship here pretty soon. Uh, their gymnastics program has been top-notch. They, they are kind of the full package. Uh, down there in Baton Rouge right now. I mean, there's there's not a lot that you can sit there and say that they're just really bad at. They're, it seems like they're pretty good at everything. All right, this is why I responded the way I did. Okay, I thought it was a, just an obvious because of their football. I thought Michigan was just obvious with Ohio State. That, that, that's why I, because I mean they would be a great bigger program overall than yeah. LSU, and that's their natural rival. And, and that's oh, sort of I see. Yeah, um, I'm not even looking. We're making new rivalries here, so uh, I, I see, I'm not impressed with. Me. I know Michigan is a big name school, but I, I, I I'm just not impressed with Michigan. There, there's, I mean, they're okay. It's like it's the Tom Peavy conference. Yeah, it's it's, you don't have to say anything it's, else. Yeah, it's like yeah. Michigan is okay. Ohio State can hate you forever. It's fine. Sure. You won't play <laughs> it's, like, it's like Michigan is okay at a lot of things, but they're just not dominant. Um, so now I have three options. Uh, here are my options. I'm sorry. I know you want to be quick. This is not a quick exercise. It's not. It's not. It's not. This is very important. We're I good on to, time for now, but once um, we get yeah, we're um, good. So my options are Michigan because it's the most. Or it's as historic as anyone remaining. Huge brand. Huge brand. USC, which makes absolutely no geographic sense whatsoever. This is just like I'm going to, I'm going to say that you can, you can just teleport over, uh, transportation wise, or I can try and make it as geographically responsible and like make this like a realistic like this is what you do but guess what no one cares about geography anymore you a-hole just 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 you people that name conferences by numbers and geography and then don't follow it at all um so it's between usc and michigan for me i am going to take michigan because I think that they hold more weight in college football still, even than over USC. I think for reasons I talked about earlier in the show, I think Michigan will care immensely about their athletics programs, whereas USC will be very fair-weathered. Um, and Michigan is a great, is a really good basketball program, and they are a good softball program. They um, you know, have a little more work to do on baseball. They've had tournament teams, though. So um, Michigan there. Alabama and Michigan. Michigan, the selection for Ryan Lavoy. There, uh, that was the seventh pick. Again, it's a Super Conferences draft here on Sports Call because conference realignment is currently a thing. So let's have some fun with it. Texas, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, Michigan. The draft selections so far. Back to yours truly. I've already got Texas in my Super Conference back-to-back selections here for me, and uh, I'm going to take the aforementioned USC first 
uh, to get out into Los Angeles and support those uh, those Trojans out there. Bring them into a conference with Texas. What a fun national championship that was between Vince Young and the boys and then uh, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner and company. And now they're renewed and my conference rivalry. Uh, and then I'm going to throw the Florida Gators into my bunch as well. A big athletic success with the Florida Gators. I'm going to put them uh, in my conference too. Oh, I thought they were going to fall for a little bit. I was eyeing them. I'm kind of, I'm like I wasn't picking them next, so like it's not about that. I'm just the premise there the premise of having a Florida, California and Texas team. They're huge states, I get it, but like again, this man does not care about anything. Quick, JJ, uh, draft, draft Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of makes me mad. I don't know. It's I'm gonna, my conference. I'm going to be penalized for trying to keep it on one half of the country. Oh well, whatever. Um Next up for me, um, I think I'm going to go Georgia. Um, we're ta- starting to rattle off these SEC teams here, um, but you know it's the commitment to football. Like if you're making your conference, you have to start with football. Basketball can be a very respectable second. Uh, Georgia is not good at that at all, um, but you know they're they're respectable in baseball and softball the other two sports that can at least break even uh and obviously their football program uh has always mattered a lot to them and i think they're going to be good here for a long time under kirby smart so georgia tommy uh, wow tommy Whoa. i haven't been called that in a while. <laughs> that's a new one <laughs> that just naturally happened there I, I that's what i was called as a kid yeah. uh so my next selection i'm gonna go with texas a&m uh Big money, uh, super, super money. You look at the facilities they're building. I mean, they're building cathedrals to football, cathedrals to baseball, cathedrals to basketball. Um, I think they are they just had the number one recruiting class in the country in football, and, and people were talking about it being one of the best ever. Their baseball team is good. Uh, just a lot of great things going for Texas A&M, and with the money that they have, I don't see them going away anytime soon. So, and they, they're cool because I just like the military aspect of Texas A&M as well. So, A&M for me. Steve, uh, yeah, awesome. Brooks, your selection. Give me one first, and then we'll pause for a moment. Okay. So I've got back-to-back picks, so it really doesn't matter which two I'm thinking about goes first. Um, so I'm going to go with a. I'm going to stick go back to the, to the southeast region, but I'm going to go back to the ACC for a, a school that has a lot of success in a lot of different sports. I'm going to take Florida State. All right, the Florida State Seminoles go to Brooks. We'll go back down the line. Brooks, you start uh, and just quickly restate the teams that you've got so far in your conference. I've got the Oklahoma Sooners, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and the Florida State Seminoles. Mr. Lavoy. Oh, I thought Tom. Or Tom, sorry. Yeah. Uh, currently, I am sitting with Ohio State, LSU, and Texas A&M in my super conference. Alabama, Michigan, Georgia. I know everyone around here just loves that conference. So far. <laughs> uh, and then Texas, USC, and Florida for me. Brooks back in action. Here we go with the fourth pick. I kind of like the ACC here, so I'm going to go back to the ACC, and I'm going to go with uh, some reasoning that Tom had earlier, where this is a school that dominates in a lot of different sports. Some of them the SEC does not have. I'm going to take what Ryan refers to as the University of National Champions, and I'm going to take the North Carolina Tar Heels into my conference. Good pick. Good pick. And you get the education value. Yeah. Good pick. Get that GDP up. I'm mad at that pick. 
Can we trade? It's a horrible pick. Yeah. Can I package North Carolina for two of Ryan's? I, we can trade. There's no rules. Yeah, there are no rules. You're right. We'll talk um, after the, uh, all right. the show. Tom, back to you. All righty. Let's see who all we got left here. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Auburn. All right. War Eagle. Equestrian value only, right? Tom cares nothing about rivalries with uh, – I was about to pick Auburn and well, I, put I, them in with <laughs> Alabama and Georgia. Well, no, and I, he ignores Michigan, and I don't want it. I like just I don't want to hear it. Well, you, hear it. you still got the Auburn-LSU rivalry? Wow. You still got yep, the, that's what Auburn, people prefer. Auburn-Texas A&M rivalry? You, you, I better say, you've got, what, the, yeah. you've got mm-hmm. the made-up SEC-LSU-Texas A&M rivalry? Yeah. That they're like, oh, this is going to be a rivalry now. Uh, but, uh, you know, just kind of looking at who is left – on, on our list, which is a lot of people. I mean, there's some good schools here, but, you know, I think about what Auburn is doing across the board in athletics. I, yeah, football is not the greatest right now, and, you know, hopefully that changes, but basketball is doing great things. Uh, baseball is doing great things. Gymnastics. Uh, I think softball is on the rise. You, obviously, the equestrian deal, even though that, they're not technically NCAA. Uh, I just think Auburn's got a lot going for it. And uh, if they can kind of start figuring out some of this NIL deal stuff to compete with some of the big ones, then uh can do even better. So there we go. Putting Auburn in there with Ohio State, LSU, and Texas A&M. I'm like pounding the 1970s and 80s vibe here. Like if you're out there and you're like 50 years old, you're just like, man, this guy, this guy's straight out of the 80s. He knows. I'm going Miami. So I've got Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Miami. Look, Miami is delusional, which I love for a conference because they're always going to try extremely hard. And sometimes they're going to face plant, but that's a big football program that cares a lot. Their basketball has shown more lately um, with Jim Laranega the last decade. They've had some success there. Baseball, they're always tremendous at. Um, So I'm going to go Miami. I love it. Uh, Back to yours truly uh, for my next selection, joining the likes of Texas, USC, and Florida. If you know me uh, by even a 6% margin, uh, you likely know what's coming next. Uh, The Duke Blue Devils. He's going basketball value. The the greatest brand that there is in college basketball, point blank period, uh, the The, Duke Blue Devils will be my selection. Uh, I'm just looking at... I prefer success over value. It's fine. And I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils here. Good punching Um, bag in the other sports. And I'm going to follow that up with another just superbly outstanding basketball brand. Wow. And uh, Kansas. I'm going to rematch the Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, okay. And Duke. I'm going to have a, a Christian Leitner Elite Eight miracle shot uh, and I'm going to put them in the same conference. So I'm going to get Duke and Kentucky back to back. You're just going basketball value because I don't it's know. Gonna make tens and tens of I dollars. Just, yeah. Football, you just lost millions. <laughs> like million, millions just just flew right out the I'm door. I'm from a basketball people, state. We're going to make up for people it. People are paying you. It's going to be a fun game. basketball conference. I'll give you that. That'll be a fun basketball conference. Uh, I still don't know what USC is doing in that conference. Like, Punching if that's bag. the only Pac-12 team you put in there, then everyone's going to just hate them because of the trap. Can we get a um, simulation of what Lincoln Riley's offense would do to Duke, please? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm just now the thought of Duke football having to play these schools. Yeah, just entered my mind for the first. I didn't think about it for a single second. I was only thinking about games. You ever in Cameron Indoor Stadium? You ever witnessed Duke and Clemson? And I know you have. <laughs> yeah, seventeen times. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan, Tom, and then Brooks. This is starting to get where I'm like, I get, can, what kind of value can I get now? Um, like, a couple of these schools are pretty good in one sport that matters, but then they're just god awful at everything else. Um, I could go the Kansas route and block JJ's precious basketball ultimate. We don't care about football conference. Um, <laughs> as he tries not to choke on Dr. Pepper. Um, Oh, brutal. Um, I am going to go – I'm going to go back to a Big Ten. I, I've kept it at least from one half of the country. I'm going to go Penn State now. Well, I you are. a quality school. Again, I'm just Auburn people just wanting to just just send me off the road right <laughs> now. Um, but Penn State's got a great football tradition. It's always going to care about it. Um, the wideout the is other, a great TV product. Yeah, the other sports are just god awful, but yeah. uh, they will always have football in Happy Valley. They're a very dominant volleyball program. Are the Penn State? Aha! They've, they've got so a, there's solid a fun soccer one, like, program. Very dominant uh, volleyball program there with Penn State. <clears throat> All right, Tommy, it's your turn. Uh, I, I'm actually shocked that I've still got this one on the board. Oregon. The Oregon Ducks. I, I mean, you think about value. Quack. I mean, you think about the value with Nike and Phil Knight and what they're doing out there with the, the facilities. Uh, their football team is always right there on the cusp. Uh, their men's basketball team is always uh, right there, even though their court is one of the most awful things I've ever seen with all the trees. Their baseball team is dominant. Um, their softball team has been good. So, uh, And obviously track and field. Uh, I mean, they're kind of like the, the founders of track and field. So got to go with the Oregon Ducks to join my conference. See, I, I thought about them too, but I've, I've already put my stake in the ground. I'm not going really west of yeah. the, the middle of the country. So I totally get that. It's a good pick. It's, it's a better school than some of the schools we've selected. But I think it's better than Penn State. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I also think that uh, splitting Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama Auburn up is a disaster. Fine. But thank you. There's nothing that says they can't play each right. other. I mean, these are the cross these are conference the, games. Yeah, we can make some deals. These are the uh, the sports call super conferences. At the end of this, it'd be awesome if we had some computer analytical breakdown of what the true value of it and and which uh, conference ends up cool. being yeah. the most valuable that'd be amazing if we had that uh, that type of tool see, see um, ryan me and you could do a cross-conference deal to where your alabama team can play my auburn team and my ohio state team can play your michigan team so yeah, I like we'll it. make a deal. I'm All right, that. I've I've got to talk to everyone but JJ <laughs> after the show for potential dealings. I might trade teams in the conference with Brooks. We might set up a alliance with Tom. Oh, those are scary, <laughs> Brooks. You've got the twentieth overall selection, yeah. and I will publicly note we have ten minutes left. We do right. need oh, to no. pick up the Why? pace. We do need to pick up the pace. Uh, also, Brooks, go ahead. Fun fact: Tom with his Oregon pick, that was only the second Pac-12 team off the board so far. So Pac-12 not getting a lot of value right now. No. Um, I am going to go back to. I'm going to go to the Pac-12 for the first time, and I'm going to go to a, a school that's got six pretty good success in a lot of different sports. I'm going to take Stanford. Also, get good that uh, academic up a little bit. Uh, 
the academic side, but also, yeah, I mean, if you consistently look at who wins the, what do they call it, the President's Cup or the... Yeah. Or the They're great at a lot of the smaller sports. They, yeah. they, they win national championships and darn near everything else. And now, I got back-to-back picks, I'm going to go uh, with... I'm, I've really been liking the ACC, so I'm just going to go back to the ACC for a pure football selection. Give me Clemson. All right, I like it. We get Florida State, Clemson, and Notre Dame all in uh, Brooks's conference. Nice Brooks. Along with Oklahoma, UNC, and Stanford. Tom? Uh, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. No! <laughs> I think Ryan won That's them. a good pick. Um, I like that. I forgot I, they existed. An- another one They're, Another one that it's surprising they've taken this long to come off the board. But you know, great value in just about all the sports that they play in, really. So, there you go. You're welcome. I have to rethink. No, that's why I didn't say thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm flustered. Help. Um, welcome that, to draft. That was my no brainer. That was a no brainer. Uh, sorry, I'm taking too much time. I've got uh, three things in my mind. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh no they're not bad no, they're not good at basketball either oh my gosh Nebraska I don't know I panicked <laughs> I panicked Nebraska they 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 try in football they've been gross the last ten years Nebraska the selection for Ryan I'll make it quick right. with my next two uh, the league executives of JJ Super Conference. Uh, we are jumping for joy because uh, rushing to the podium, our next two draft picks here in this one, uh, I'm stupid. eagerly taking the UCLA Bruins and immediately following that selection oh. with the Kansas yep. Jayhawks. Just no regard for football whatsoever in this conference. Better hope the college football playoff has a lot of automatic but qualifiers. I am mad because I, was, I wanted to go UCLA with my next pick to get that L.A. market, but... Okay, I found redemption here. I should have picked this team ahead of this team. It's still not like this incredible thing, but it's a little better. Um, they're good in football, but they also have a basketball program. Uh, shout out to Bill Bailey's Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, that was going to be my next pick, so you took mine. Well, finally, like uh, it's eight rounds in. You took my Finally bi- got one. You took my Badgers. All right. Uh, goodness, man, we're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel here. You can go uh, group of five if you want to just abandon the board here. This is true. Brooks, oh. if you do what I think you're about to do, I'll end your life. <laughs> anyway. And I'm I'm going to make the executive order uh-huh. here on the show. We all have right now, I believe, seven selections. Yep. I said 16 at the start. Uh-huh. We're stopping at 10 today. Oh. There, is, there is no time. Okay. Unf- we've got okay. bills all to right. be paid. Oh. There is no time left. Okay. We will stop at 10 all today. Right. And we can evaluate our 10. And if we want to continue this another day, we can. Redraft. But we will stop <laughs> at 10. So, Tom, make your next selection, please, uh, sir. Uh, my next selection, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I consider that one, too. That's a good one. That, that's a good value. Good, good value across the board in a lot of sports. Brooks, back-to-back picks. All right. Um, <clears throat> I want um, – what do I value in life? Uh, football and baseball. Um, I'm going to go back to the Southeastern Conference. I'm just going to keep getting, you know, smart conference. I'm going to take Vanderbilt. Wow. All right. Between, pure uh, pure I just baseball don't pick. Agree. I mean, you got Fair UNC, play. Stanford, and Vanderbilt. You got three of the nerdiest. JJ schools. Basketball, Brooks, um, Academic. Academic. Pure, yeah. Me just, and Tom, I don't know. Chess team. No um, identity yet. My other pick, <clears throat> I, need, I need something to boost the football a little bit. Ours are across the board good. 
Yeah. I need something to boost my uh, my football back up. I'm going to go back to the Big Ten. I haven't had a Big Have I had a Big Ten pick yet? No, I haven't. I'm going to go to the Big Ten for the first time today. I'm going to take Iowa. All right. Okay. And low-key, you're excited about I that am. pick, Brooks. Kirk Ferentz Ball. <laughs> How dare he be excited about, about a team? Ferentz Ball back in the, this conference. Oh, Tom? all right. Let's see. Where are we looking at? Man, please don't do it. <laughs> There's one clear pick for me. If you take it, I'm just going to panic. All right, let's see. I'm going to go with Michigan State. Woo! Okay. Was that, did that kill everything? I will say that's where I was heading. I, w- I was heading in the Spartans' direction. Give me Tom Izzo ball. Yeah. Uh, but, um, well, yeah. They, got good fo- they got good football. They do have good football. They do. Yeah. And they do have good basketball. Yeah. Um, I'm picking Arkansas uh, because historically they compete in football. Uh, they're you know they've had uh, some bad years, but they've also had teams that have been top 15. Um, basketball is a great environment. They always care about basketball, and then baseball they're awesome too. They they tr- they're a pretty balanced school in that they try in all three of those sports, and I like that. Geography still makes sense here, Arkansas. All right, uh, Arkansas for Mr. Lavoie. I've got back-to-back picks here. Uh, my first selection, I'm going to take the Arizona Wildcats. Uh-huh. Uh, Your and... football part is just <laughs> god-awful. Yeah. Congrats, Texas. You have a chance to win the conference. <laughs> I'm going to take the Arizona Wildcats, and then I have yet another selection, and uh, I'm down between two schools here. Um Indiana's available. They're they are available. Basketball. Uh, I did. I didn't consider them. Um, I should have. Louisville's there too. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go Syracuse. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna go Syracuse. I want an alliance in football with JJ. <laughs> Easy. Uh, <laughs> easy victories over here. Um, who did I just pick? Syracuse. Arizona no, and Syracuse. Arizona, Arizona and right. Syracuse. Maybe that's he just doesn't remember, doesn't realize who he's picking. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, there is a team I would consider strongly, but out of the Pac-12. But I'm trying to make this make geographic sense, and I'm just not willing. I, I've gone this far. Um, we're not going to break it up now. Um, what's left here? I'm going to go. Who was Ryan's last pick? Arkansas. Yeah. That's right. Arkansas. I, got, I got way too excited about it. Um, I'm going to go with, after careful consideration. Yeah, very much, much so. Co- I, I'm sorry. I just not, I'm not appealed overly by any of these teams. Um, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. They still have some football history. It's been rough as of late. Um but I'll go Pittsburgh. All right. Goodness gracious. We got power flipping Just off. had a little power surge here, but yeah, we're, cool. we're still on the air. That's, That's great cool. news. That's great. All right. Uh, no one liked the Pittsburgh. Okay, I get it. <laughs> All right. Next up for me, I'm going with the Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears. <clears throat> That's that's one of the three I was stressing over. Yeah. I stressed over them. All right, so it is. Um, get I, get, I get two. Right? Sounds like we're in a spaceship. All you of do a get two. These will be your last two selections, Brooks. All right. Um, 
I need you see I've put, taken Stanford and I've abandoned the West Coast and I've come back east. So I I'm, I'm going to take someone else to at least put another team out west so that if you Are go, you going to entertain Austin Scott's last selection for your pick? Um Ooh, With all maybe. due respect, no one should. <laughs> maybe. I'm going to go back to the West Coast, and I'm going to uh, continue to just dismantle rivalries as Tom has, and I'm going to take the Oregon State Beavers. What in the world? I mean, baseball. Okay, cool. He's, We've got he's obsessing over Oregon the number three State. sport. This is great. And then I think I'm going to jump out of the Power Five for the first time. I'm going to go to the Group of Five. And I'm going to go back to the east side of things. Oh, I hate him. I'm going to go to the mountains of North Carolina. I'm going to take App State. Oh, I'm alive! All right. Okay. Brooks is doing things. App State. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we got. We're in the last round, though. There's. It's Sorry, not. I, I would love to for find, the internet to, to see App this State. conference, Brooks. I'm, I would love that. I would like to apologize to Austin, but also I they, respectfully, like, Akron does not belong. Austin just so everyone knows, Akron. a conference football game will be Apple Appalachian State versus Vanderbilt. <laughs> a game that will have to happen in all sports will be Appalachian State and Stanford. <laughs> in anything, just pick Darn anything. Right. Yeah. That's so weird, but that's great. All right, Tom. All right, I, I'm going to last uh, pick. Yeah, my last pick. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the defending baseball national championship and uh, Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss. That's a good pick. Ole Miss, a good pick. Yeah, um, a lot of pretty girls there. So I'm. <laughs> whoa. Um, anyway, toddy, uh, toddy. Whoa. Um, so my next pick is okay. They're a group of five. <laughs> Uh, hello. Austin is still lobbying for Akron. <laughs> yeah, no chance, Austin. No chance. Um, Mainly for sorry. JJ this he, he time. He wants me to know that uh, they birthed LeBron. Um, so I really like this pick a lot because this is group of five for now, but technically it's not next year uh, in 2023. Uh, it's Central Florida, UCF, because okay. they're a growing program. Um, they care immensely about what they're growing there. And again, like I said, it's technically about to be a, a Power 5 it's program. Literally so. the biggest school in Florida. Huge school, too. Yeah. So there you I, go. I knew that's where Ryan didn't want me to go, so I've, I'm uh, avoiding Were it. you going there? No. Okay. But okay. I knew I knew you wanted it, and I wanted to avoid it because I already took okay. North Carolina for And the you. last selection <laughs> of our Super Conferences snake draft. This has been a whole lot of fun. For now. For now. Um, is, is mine. And uh, unfortunately for Austin Scott, our dear friend and beloved member of the Sports Call family, I will not be taking the Akron Zips where he earned a master's degree. I'm going to pander to Michael from Auburn, who just sent me a message oh. Uh, oh. And, and reminded me of a team that has yet to be selected. But it's very wise. I've already got one of the schools in the Lone Star State. I'm taking the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I'm going to add Texas Tech to my conference. A good selection there for uh, for me and Team JJ Super Conference. And Texas Tech. <laughs> I made a great selection. <laughs> it, it was one of the best selections. Everybody was saying it. So, in conclusion. I am the smartest man alive. For now. <laughs> the internet can decide who had the best Super Conference. We're not going to put any internet polls up for yeah, now. please don't. I just would like to see if anybody is listening to the podcast and wants to offer any commentary at Sports Call AU at their own 
uh, discretion, we can do this. My conference, Texas, USC, Florida, Duke, Kentucky, UCLA, Kansas, Arizona, Syracuse. You ain't bitten, beaten it, so don't even try. Uh, In what? Anything. Brooks, go. Uh, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Florida State, North Carolina, Stanford, Clemson, Vanderbilt, Iowa, Oregon State, and then App State, the darling of the conference. <laughs> Uh, my conference, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Miami, Penn State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Pittsburgh, UCF, all of which would beat half of JJ's league in football. <laughs> Without a doubt. And uh, Tom, uh, your pick. That's a fact. Spe- speaking of a conference that would beat pretty much everybody in JJ's uh, conference in football, I have Ohio State, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn, Oregon, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Baylor, and Ole Miss. I love it. That's a heck of a conference. That is a good conference. Can I just say this? Say it. Defend yourself. Do I at least have the most NCAA tournament teams? In basketball? In basketball? Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. You got oh, yeah. UCLA. Do, and do a I, few of my teams have no chance. Got like the Georgia most and Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, do I have a chance of sweeping the number one seeds? Someone that we, you yeah. know, Gonzaga yeah, I mean, is still course, available yeah. if anybody but, wants but, to. I mean, you know, North Carolina exists. They, of course, are, are Duke's dad. Um, <laughs> so I drive. You know, um, that that's I've got probably Duke, Kentucky, the, UCLA, Kansas. Yeah, that that's the rest of them over there. I don't know who's going to be fortunate enough to end up with everything that Indiana has to offer. But <laughs> yeah. you guys are great. It's uh, it's this quartet next week at SEC Media Days. Absolutely. Brooks behave. No, thank you. Uh, Tom, we'll see you in Atlanta. See you in Atlanta Monday. We're taking the bus up that way. If you didn't see our graphic on social media, Austin's the bus. Or excuse me, Austin is the designer. Tom's the bus driver. <laughs> we're, we're getting on the bus with Tom. Ryan, thanks for being here, man. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. All right. That's it for our show. Thanks, everyone, that tuned in and called into Sports Call today. For Brooks Childress, Van Cathcart, Ryan LaVoy, and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.